From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hello. It is six minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Great to be back. And I hope you had a wonderful weekend. Uh, wow. We had we had quite an adventure this weekend, to say, to say the least. Uh, some of it very good. Some of it not so good. Uh, but it's wonderful to be back. I'm going to open. You know I make a movie recommendation every once in a while. Maybe about once a month. Top gun maverick and this was delayed because of the pandemic it's delayed over two years it is magnificent it is everything that i hoped that it could be 30 some years later the writing is sharp it's crisp the acting is amazing the storyline is spectacular uh one thing i don't do i don't do spoilers on my Facebook post, I had folks writing me about was this person in it? Was this happen? I don't, I don't do spoilers, but when I recommend something, I really mean it. And this, I will go back a second time. I took Tom Cruise's personal recommendation, where he said, "See this movie, and when you go see it." See it on the biggest screen, and I would say IMAX, the biggest IMAX screen you can find. And where we were, the sound was wonderful. It didn't blow your your eardrums out, but it was really sensory overload. It was just fantastic. And what a great storyline. You never know when when sometimes sequels happen and they're very bad. Sometimes you go, ah, you know, I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad they did it, but no big deal. Almost everybody that I talk to says that, and you don't hear this very often, the sequel is better than the original. I haven't heard anyone disagree with that. And I loved the first movie. Loved it. This was fantastic. So I strongly urge, if you haven't seen it, if you're not part of this, it's the biggest weekend of Tom Cruise's career. And he's done billions on the movie screen. This is his biggest ever. I guess it's going to be north of $154 million. Let me see if there's actually, in all the things I did this morning, I didn't check that it was on pace for 150 something by the way joe biden in aviator glasses doesn't doesn't look like tom cruise just thought i'd point that out let's see la 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 i have it in my notes we have quite a bit that we'll be reporting to you this hour kirk conover will join us at seven I went to sleep. It was on pace for 154.1-ish, I think. 
and it came in at a record 156 million. 36 years later, I mean, to give you an idea, and I'm a big Downton Abbey fan. I was late to the party. Margie loved it from the beginning. Big fan. I'll go see that too. Didn't didn't get to that this weekend. But that did like, I don't even know, like five or six million for the weekend. If I'm not mistaken, I'll look it up. But in fact, let me see if it's in this one. Oh, incidentally, the 156 million uh, is here in the domestic box office. It did as much or more than that worldwide. It beat the, the Disney Pirates of the Caribbean. Let's see what else I can glean from my notes here. Interesting that Jerry Bruckheimer is the common denominator of the two largest Memorial Day weekend openings in domestic box office history. Interesting. At World's End's four-day holiday opening of $139.8 million was further puffed up by Thursday previews, which got that third Pirates installment to 153 million stateside start. Wow. Uh, that was a Memorial Day record that Disney had held for the last 15 years. So they take sort of a little bit of that from Paramount. But now Tom Cruise took it back at 156 million. Wow. It did 36.7 million yesterday dropping very, very slightly from the $38 million that it did the day before that. The first three days was $126.7 million. That is the second best Friday to Sunday start for Paramount after Iron Man 2 did $128.1 million. So it was right, right with that. So $11.6 million moviegoers have seen Top Gun 2 in the first few days. That's the third biggest attendance during the pandemic era. You had Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I did see that, by the way. I'm not a huge Doctor Strange fan, but any opportunity to be with my kids and with Noah, I'm going to take that if it's um, any kind of movie on the screen. I don't care. And I did enjoy it, though. It was pretty good. Paramount has had five number one openings of 2022. Scream, which I did watch, not in the movie theater. Jackass Forever, didn't see that yet, but I will. The Lost City and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It's pretty good. So with Top Gun 2, Paramount currently flies to $585 million for 2022, making them the number one studio at the domestic box office for the year thus far. I'm going to tell you what's going to be huge 
And it was very smart. They did two at one time. This Mission Impossible, and they got one and two. Two different parts, part one and part two. It's going to be huge. No doubt about it. All right. Over the weekend, I worked a lot. I wrote articles about Resorts Casino Hotel twice. We rolled back the Wayback Machine to opening day, May 26, 1978. We followed up yesterday with a great piece that has been read by many of our guest listener readers. uh, And thank you for that. And that was a piece about when Merv Griffin, which was my era, when Merv Griffin owned Resorts Casino Hotel. We wrote a piece about that. We have a photo from Greg Cole that hasn't been seen in 15, well, more than that. It was the 15th anniversary. Hasn't been seen in about 25 years. And the, the photo that we put up right before the holiday weekend, that was from May 26th. 1978, 44 years ago, before that's been seen. That had wonderful readership. We wrote a piece about the best hot dogs in Atlanta County, and I have to confess, Margie made me a delicious hot dog on Sunday. Mm. Was Jones in for one yesterday? Never got around to it. I wrote another piece about the best milkshakes in Atlanta County, and also a piece about Epsecon Deputy Fire Chief Dale Conover, who is being retaliated against by Epsecon City Council. And any of you wake up early in the morning and listen, just shame on you. Your conduct is atrocious. You're a disgrace. It's unbelievable. They don't like that this guy doesn't like them, and they're just going after him. He's, he's worked for the Volunteer Fire Company for 40-some years. Just it's awful. And we wrote a piece this morning that I want everybody to read. It's up on the app, on the website, about how important a tipping point moment of truth summer season this is for Atlantic City. And I explain why if you take a few minutes to check it out. 17 minutes past the hour. We'll be right back. I'm Harry Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's number one talk station because of you. Fox News commentary. I'm Jimmy Fallon, and I'll tell you why the number of lifeguards in this country are going for a dip. Next. Is your current home loan the right fit for you? Rising home values mean that you could have more home equity than you might imagine. And if you're considering a refi, an expertly chosen loan from Loan Depot could save you thousands. Ask about their smart term loans, cash out, and over 300 loan options to find just the right mortgage loan for you. Call now, 866-888-LOAN or go to LoanDepot.com. Loan Depot, where home means everything. Rates are subject to change. Equal housing opportunity lender. NMLS number 174457. Licensed in all 50 states. A new report shows that thousands of public pools across the country could be forced to close due to a shortage of lifeguards. Now, if I was still a young kid, I'd actually consider this good news because I grew up fat in the 80s and I got made fun of all the time in the pool. Oh, every time I took off my shirt. Oh, you're so fat. And I'd be like, all right, mom, come on. I kid. My mom didn't harass me, but other kids did. And that's fine. I grew up in the era of sticks and stones will break my bones, but names didn't matter. This era... 
it's a little more fragile, which brings me to lifeguards. Growing up, being a lifeguard was a glamorous job because there was such potential to be a hero. You could save lives, and everybody wanted to be a hero, so it was a cool gig. Nowadays, everybody's too busy thinking about their own life to save somebody else's. But if you're a teenager, you're listening right now, and you're really looking for a way to stand out in the crowd, don't focus on Instagram. Focus on things that get likes in the real world. Being a lifeguard is one of them. So take a few classes, put on some sunscreen, and you'll be swimming in glory. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, great one. It's 21 minutes past the hour. Kirk Conover is going to join us in the 7 o'clock hour. Chuck Malamut in the 8 o'clock hour. And we will have wide open forum for the entire 9 o'clock hour this morning. Looking forward to it very, very much. Somebody wrote me during the break. Thank you for the recommendation. You never recommend bad movies. I make it a point to not do that. I, I'm going to be hard-pressed to believe that anybody that goes to see that on my recommendation will come back and be disappointed with me and saying that I sent them to a bad movie or I didn't like it. I haven't heard anyone say that they don't like it. Uh, what Tom Cruise achieved here was respect for the first movie, absolutely phenomenal writing, even you could see the technological advancements in the cinematography, just the things you can do now that you just couldn't do then. Tom Cruise uh, doesn't believe in a lot of CGI. So to quote uh, Harrison Ford, who was once interviewed, and the person said, you know, hey, you do your own stunts. And Harrison Ford said, they're not stunts. It's action. Love that. Love that. Tom Cruise does all the action scenes. Incredible. Things he does, both in the Top Gun, also uh, in, uh, of course, the Mission Mission Impossible franchise, and not to mention Jack Reacher. I, I wish, and he says he doesn't have, I think that it's accurate what I'm about to say, he doesn't have plans to revisit Jack Reacher. But the new series that, oh, my gosh, I loved it. And I believe it has been renewed, almost sure, for season two. Fantastic. And the Jack Reacher in the series, he's huge. It's not, this, it's not like Tom Cruise. The guy is just enormous. Very, very physical. Tom Cruise is very physical, too. But, you know, he's on the smaller side. But I'd like to see him do one more Jack Reacher. They, those, if you've never watched Tom Cruise as Jack Reacher, I think the second one is No Way Home, part two, the No Way Home. Oh, just fantastic. So good. I heard Rachel Campos Duffy say it, and it was so well said that Tom Cruise is a real Hollywood star like a John Wayne and I forget who else she mentioned one other name just fantastic you know, I know some people get all hung up with the Scientology and some of this stuff uh, but and and he's been absolutely jobbed and robbed that he's never had an Academy Award he, he should have won an Academy Award for Jerry Maguire he should have won an Academy Award before that for Born on the Fourth of July. I mean, just absolutely ripped off. And I think, I don't know if it's a pretty boyitis where you don't get credit 
for being a great actor, but just absolutely robbed. And he might be one of these ones that winds up getting Lifetime Achievement Award sometime and just doesn't get an Academy Award. But who knows? Maybe. I mean, Stallone, it's a shame he won the Screen Actors Guild. Stallone should have gotten a second. It would have been his first acting because he won an Academy Award, but it was for the movie, Rocky, not for Best Actor. He won the Screen Actors Guild Best Actor, and then he did not win the Academy Award. He got ripped off. I was really pulling for that a few years ago. But it's just hard to believe with all the work that Tom Cruise has done that he should have just tripped his way into an Academy Award. But it doesn't happen for some. He's got time. I'm not saying that it can't happen. But, I mean, he is north. I think he's north of 60. I think he is 60, if I'm not mistaken. How old is Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise is 59 years old. What is Tom Cruise's date of birth? Tom Cruise was born July 3rd, 1962. Okay. He's 59 so he's 59 for another four weeks and two days or three days. Almost born on the 4th of July. Robbed on the 4th of July. Born on the 3rd of July. If I hadn't led with all this happiness, uh, I would have led with this. Beto O'Rourke. God, I wish he was listening right now. You are a bum. What a bad guy. This creature is everything that is wrong with electoral politics today. There's an AP story yesterday that was filed at 425 p.m. And I wanted to throw up and I stopped reading it about 50 or 100 words into it. But I said, "Okay, I'm out. I'm out. The whole angle of this was that Beto O'Rourke is betting that the shooting in Uvalde, Texas, will shake up the governor's race. Hey, listen, the minute you go there, jackass, you lose me. Now, you never had me, but I won't even read further when that's the angle. And look, I said it to you last week. Better O'Rourke interrupting that press conference. And I'm looking at a picture right now. There are dozens of high-ranking Texas officials at the local, the county, the state, and the federal level. They're all over this stage. And this jackass, who always says he's weird, points his finger, these weird body language things. He's a strange, strange little man. He looks terrible. He looks terrible when he speaks. He has a terrible speaking voice. This guy's just a joke. And so he wants to jolt his candidacy by trying to grab again a national audience exploiting the deaths of 19 children and two adult teachers. This guy, and he he redid his platform again. Remember, he was all in. He said, I'll go door to door and take guns. He was all in to de-arm America. 
Then he completely flipped his script when he was running in Texas, where obviously open carry is very popular. And he flipped his script to being very pro-gun. And now he flips his script again. This guy is a jerk. He's awful. And I promise you, he's going to get blown out on uh, November 8th because the first Tuesday in November is the first. So it's one of those rare times where just by the calendar. I don't know why that's the case. I think it should just be first Tuesday, even if it's on the first. So what? What's that? Oh, my God, we can't have it. It's on the first. But the way the law is written, General Election Day is the first Tuesday of November, unless the first Tuesday is the first, which it is this year. So it does extend. And these things matter. It really does. This extends the election for one week or at least days because it could never be on the first. So I can't say a week, but it could be on the second. So it extends it several days, potentially depending on you know the calendar. But that's what this guy, I mean, I saw, I saw it live. I said, you unimaginable jackass, you just horrible man. Who does that, Jack Cittarelli? I thought, look at this guy. Then he went outside because they threw him out, and he's screaming, screaming that they've shot kids in the face. Who talks like that while parents are grieving? But this is how no chance he stands. Think about that. No chance to have to do that to try to have a chance to win. You know my expression? Some people want to win in the best way and some people want to win in the worst way. That's this guy. Awful. Awful individual. And if he loses and when he let if when he loses this time, is it over? Are we finally done with this jackass that runs for everything? Senator, president, governor, and the national media, how many times are they going to try to repackage, regurgitate this vomit of a cesspool, of a shell of a man? Everywhere he goes, he should be reviled. You don't hear me talk like that much. But what he did is unimaginable and it's unforgivable and it is disqualifying. And you know it's disqualifying because I had some Texas lady lunatic take off on me on social media. Who the hell do I think I am and who am I? Who do I think I am? Donald Trump to say that better O'Rourke is disqualified. You know, I better stay a Jersey boy, she said. How How do I even remember that? But that's what she wrote. I didn't write back. I was I was just a teeny tiny bit tempted. But you have to understand, these lunatics, you write like one sentence back, then they write a thousand words back at you. And then you write back 20 words and they write back 10,000 words. It's just you got to understand it, it, it. They're just they're impossible. So the best way to handle them is to pay them no mind, which is what I do. But I did laugh when she compared me to Trump 
and then said, uh, I better stay a Jersey boy. All right, we'll be back in just a little bit. Don't go away. It's early in the morning. There's, you're on the phone lines, and I'm not trying to dispirit you. There's no open forum until 9 o'clock this morning. So it, it just it pains me when I see the phone lines like that. We have Kirk Conover at 7. We have Chuck Malamut at 8. And uh, we're going to have open forum at 9. So check back in then. 609-407-1450 for the full 9 o'clock hour. We'll be right back. I'm Harry Hurley. This is the Hurley in the Morning program. And we are on South Jersey's number one talk station, WPG, Talk Radio 95.5, all because of you. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Oh, I've been a busy content creator. It's Harry Hurley with three or maybe four or five stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Two great articles about resorts, casino, hotel, Atlantic City. Check them out. I wrote about the my list of the best hot dogs in Atlantic County. Oh, I was hungry after writing it. The best milkshakes in Atlantic County. Yum. Atlantic City Deputy Fire Chief Dale Conover is being retaliated against by the Absecon City Council. And we wrote a column today about Atlantic City. Got five in. From the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chris Coleman for Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Weather in a word today, hot, but only for one day. As you head back to work today, expect lots of sunshine with a high of 94 on the mainland, about 85 on the beaches, where the ocean water temperature is 62. Just a few clouds tonight with a low of 66. Then for tomorrow and Thursday, mostly sunny, slight chance of an afternoon thunderstorm both days. Highs around 85, 70s along the coast. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Hurley in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 39, almost 40 minutes past the hour. Kirk Conover coming up at 7. Chuck Malamut at 8. Wide open forum at 9. Part of what I wrote about this morning before airtime was how critical summer 2022 was going to be for Atlantic City. It's a tipping point. It's a very, very important uh, summer season. And the reason I say that, they're going to take care of their business. The casinos will do very well. The restaurants, the taverns, the other uh, industries will do well and have a really good summer. But this inflation, all these other things that are going on right now, these negative items, they are going to persist not only for the remainder of this year, which will mean as we go to the shoulder season and into the off season, it will be a challenge, but it will persist into 2023. That's why I wrote the piece that I did. I compliment the good actors. I have to say that I, I think I do it with a velvet touch, but I call out the local Atlantic City administration, who I believe that they are small petty and incompetent and they've got to up their game and the state and i'm really imploring i'm 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 very close to writing an open letter to governor murphy he he's got to get lieutenant governor sheila oliver uh i don't want to use the term in check but uh focused the things that they're allowing are just unbelievable and it's got to stop it's, it's just terrible. So when you have all these people, the casinos, 
Meet AC. Meet AC is bringing this is this summer is almost going to be like the convention and meetings season, which is typically when business otherwise wouldn't be here. Atlantic City has been very good at taking care of business during the busy time and also being very, very good at driving business when it otherwise wouldn't be there as strong. But this is all hands on deck, and this is big events like the NAACP National Convention coming to uh, Atlantic City July 16th through the 20th. I mean, mid-summer, dead middle of summer. But the piece is is positive piece. It's a realistic piece, and it's a tough love piece for the small, incompetent administration. Very, very petty and just doing a lot of bad stuff right now. Not not focused. Got to focus on the big things. But in bizarro world, let me shift gears dramatically from that to this. China has been elected to the WHO executive board. Yes, only in bizarro world can the nation that infected the world with this massive outbreak that has killed millions, destroyed the lives of tens of millions, hundreds of millions in reality, maybe even billions. And they covered up their role in the pandemic. And China was elected to the World Health Organization's executive board on Friday after we signed off. It was late in the day, I believe. How can, how can this be? In what world? How can this be? But then again, keep in mind, you have uh, Iran and I think North Korea. They're on the Human Rights Council of the UN. This is crazy. Trump had it right. Th- these things we pay for, that we pay for the UN and pay all this money to the WHO, just terrible. President Trump had attempted to pull the the funding from the WHO because they also covered up. They covered up with China. That's unforgivable. Just got a, a Fox News alert that President Biden is hinting at banning a popular handgun. Uh, if it's a handgun, uh, hey, Joe, I know you're you're not with it, but you don't have the authority to do that. You just don't. But Democrats never, ever let a crisis go to waste. You, you know that all too well. But it's just, it's just unbelievable. When I learned about this, I put this on the top of my stack of stuff because it had to be one of the early things I would share with you today on our return because it's just absolutely mind-blowing. In, unless, though, see, I'm going to ask you to join with me. If you join with me and you won't be surprised at anything that happens, no matter how typically in, in days gone by, how unbelievable it would, it would seem, now just believe. Believe that China is on the World Health Organization executive board after what they've done. Believe it. Because in bizarro world... 
Everything is upside down, inside out, so it makes perfect sense. You do understand, we get criticized. The United States of America, we get criticized more on our human rights here in this country than these horrific communist, just completely usurping people's fundamental rights and freedoms, these nations, we get harsher criticism on the world stage than these bad despotic nations. So despite evidence that China is the country of origin, they are patient zero of COVID-19, the outbreak, the disease. Even though they are that, they get voted onto the executive board like they're a good actor. Wow, breathtaking. 46 minutes past the hour. I am Hurley in the morning. This is Hurley in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you and uh, thank you for listening to Hurley in the Morning. We appreciate you very much. And uh, mm, God, these are such consequential times. Every which way you look. I mean, we've got a president who is... Just a bad guy. Not only the, the mental acuity, but just, just willing to lie with just ease, with regularity. They just are just terrible people. Uh, this portion of Hurley in the Morning brought to us by Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals. And you're going to know it today. We're going to hit on the, on the mainland. If you're on the mainland and your air conditioner is not working today, you're going to know it because we're going to hit about 94 degrees, according to Chris Coleman. And he gets it right. So that's what it's going to be. And your system is going to be... (laughs) You don't want that. You want it to be nice. Call 609-568-0955. I've inspired you to call... Please tell them that Hurley in the Morning sent you. You can also reach them online at ambientcomfortnj.com. Listen, perhaps your system needs some kind of coolant uh, or just needs to be reworked a little bit and that you have some more life out of it. Or perhaps your system is ready to go. And they have a lot of different financing programs, a lot of ways that they can help you at Ambient Comfort 609. 568-0955. That's 609-568-0955 on the web at ambientcomfortnj.com. Nothing these days is safe. Nothing is sacred. There's no respect for anything anymore. Uh, This is the kind of stuff that people that have their own radical agenda are willing to do. All right, so let me just give you a case in point. You're a climate protest nut okay you think you should probably be taxed on how often you fart and how much meat you eat and you probably would love that that would make you so happy hey i I got a carbon footprint tax me yay 
you're probably so happy. But get, get a load of this. Some climate jerk goes to the Louvre. Yes, I mean the museum, the Louvre. Smashes the glass, protecting perhaps the world's most famous painting, the Mona Lisa, and then proceeds to smear cream, like a whipped cream, all over the surface. And this is some kind of apparent climate-related publicity stunt. The man was disguised as an old lady, so I guess he was identifying as an old lady, jumped out of a wheelchair, and then went at the glass of the case. Quote, maybe this is just nuts to me, posted the author of a video of the incident's aftermath. Haven't watched the video yet, but I think I'll watch it during the next break. Maybe this is just nuts to me, posted the author of a video of the incident's aftermath that shows a Louvre staffer cleaning the glass. He then proceeds to smear cake on the glass and throws roses everywhere before being tackled by security. So he didn't succeed in smashing the glass, thankfully, because he, it, let's, let's face it, if he broke the glass, he was going to ruin the Mona Lisa. Then there would have been some years-long, painstaking restoration, but, it, you know, it, it's, not, it's not the same. They can make it look the same, but it's not the same. The Louvre was not immediately available for comment. Another video posted on social media showed the same staffer finishing cleaning the pane while another attendant removes a wheelchair from in front of the Da Vinci masterpiece. Quote, think of the earth. People are destroying the earth, the man dressed in a wig said in French in another video posting that showed him being led away from the Paris gallery with the wheelchair, indicating that the incident likely had an environmentalist motive. Yeah, wonderful. And that's a few minutes that we'll never get back. But it's just in keeping. I, I shared it with you because it's in keeping with just everything is broken. All norms, everything that you thought you knew is wrong. The more right you are, probably the more criticized you will be. And I mean the more correct you are, not right in terms of right of center philosophy or anything like that. But it's just crazy. Bad guys get praised. Good guys get crushed. Nancy Pelosi's husband behaved badly. You watch. Nothing comes of it. She, she just says, I'm not going to speak of it. And that's that. That's all. And they probably won't bring it up. And if they do, she'll say, I already said I'm not talking about that. Okay, we asked. Replace that with a Trump child or a Trump spouse. See if you're allowed to just say, no, nope, no, nope, not, not going to talk about that. Could a 10-minute power walk 
You know I'm a big fan of walking. I, I, I never feel better than when we go away and I walk between five and 10 miles a day every day for either three, four, five, seven days, whatever we go away for. I absolutely love it. Uh, I just have my phone in my pocket. It counts the steps. I'm able to see uh, exactly how far we walk. And it turns out that it's very, very good for you. I read a study at about 3 o'clock this morning. Can't believe it. It's four hours ago. It's nuts how fast it goes. And the study said, and it was a study of 5,000 older adults. And it found that deaths fell as physical activity increased. Just 10, 20, or 30 minutes of extra exercise a day per day reduced the annual mortality rates by 7, 13, and 17% respectively. And this was a study of Americans aged 40 to 85. I never heard of this, but they wore what's called an accelerator meter or something like that on their waist. I don't know if that's the same thing as the pedometer, the, the item that's in my pocket. The iPhone just has the, if you go to the heart, everybody that has an iPhone, I'm not sure about the Android phones because I've never had one, but I imagine they, they have it or you could get it. But I never had to even get this. Uh, it's on the phone in some of the regular items that are included with your iPhone um, setup stuff. And in the heart, if you hit on the heart icon, you can see per day how many steps, how many miles you have walked. I remember telling you that if you stand up for an hour a day, you can add five years to your life. How about that? Kirk Conover joins us next, then Chuck Malamut, and then Wide Open Forum. It's Hurley in the Morning. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is five minutes past the hour. Ho, ho, an extra minute for Kirk Conover. This is, this is good. This is meant to be. All right, Kirk, it's been a week uh, since we have chatted. Uh, what's on your mind? Well, the uh, the main thing that's on everyone's mind is this persistent inflation when it's going to go away. Yeah. Uh, well, well, can I tell you that all the smart people say that it persists into 2023? Yeah, and that the, one of the things that I researched uh, while we were uh, away was the fact that the um, Fed has only succeeded in reducing inflation more than two and a half percentage points once without creating a recession mm. since 1930. Mm. 
So we're, you know. That, that seems pretty determinative right there. <laughs> and, you know, it's sort of the way inflation works. I mean, it, it diverts uh, money from purchases that normally would be made. Um, you know, people cut back, and that starts the process of the economy uh, declining. And then you add the, the Fed to that with, you know, raising interest rates that uh, deters investment, um, you know, because big companies and small companies alike take business loans to expand their business, and that sure. expands the economy. But when you raise interest rates, you know, that makes that part of their capital investment much more expensive. So, And doesn't it also you get what's called a credit crunch where lines of credit are not as generous. Some people get their credit lines decreased or told to pay them down, and then they're eliminated. I mean, so there, there's some additional pain that may come here. Yeah, and, and then you also get the fact that, you know, employees, uh, workers in general, wake up and say, hey, uh, you got to raise my, my wages. You got to raise my salary because of this inflation. So now you get the wage uh, component pushing inflation. And uh, yeah, it all adds up to a bad picture. And of course, the economically brain, brain dead Democrats, what are they, what are they, you know, Pelosi floats out wage price controls. You know, that was tried in the 70s. It was an absolute failure. Talk about totally distorting uh, the economy and the marketplace and the distribution of goods and services. That is a recipe for disaster. Because when you do not have a functional, um, you know, market and the prices aren't allowed to, to, to float, that is real distortion. Because then you're going to create shortages, which will add on to you know, the supply chain disruptions. So, yeah, there's, this is the economic issue of our time. Uh, Probably isn't going to be as bad as the 70s because the 70s had so many, um, you know, um, mistakes made. You know, Nixon uh, took us off the gold standard. Mm -hmm. And then uh, 73, the OPEC nations cut us off from oil. Uh, you had the wage price controls that uh, Gerald Ford finally um, got rid of, but we had five years of that, which distorted everything. And then you had another oil shock in 79. Uh, it had uh, the economy slowing down into what we referred to then and, and now as stagflation, where you had slow growth, and inflation, and the inflation was driven by the mistaken uh, policy of the Fed to, cre- you know, just create more money, create the money supply. The problem with all of it is the fact that it relies on government action, and the economy is too big normally to be corrected by government action in any um, quick way, in, in any uh reasonably fast way. So that's why experts are saying inflation may go on to 2023. You're starting to read stories about these uh, so-called experts saying that uh, 
we probably have a recession in 2023. Uh, you know, and like I said earlier, the Fed usually cures inflation by creating a recession. And unfortunately, this, the administration, they could do some things on their end that would help, you know, cancel on uh, f- future spending. Uh, the, you know, they passed $3 trillion of spending uh, in the first, like, six months of the Biden administration between the infrastructure, the, the 25% infrastructure bill, the rest, the uh, liberal spending plans. That was $1.2 trillion and then they passed a two trillion uh covid relief bill they haven't spent all that money if they stopped it and didn't spend it that would help because then as you know what the fed does is they buy the federal bills bonds and notes to finance these things because there's not enough private investors to buy it the the uh, federal uh debt securities so the fed basically pumps money in now, they want to cut the money supply, they want to raise interest rates, and yet you got the other side of the government saying, yeah, we're just going to spend, 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 we're going to deficit spend, and therefore you got to keep buying these uh, you know, federal debt securities. So it's a, it's a real conundrum. And I don't know you know, if Jerome Powell has, has the right plan. Uh, I don't know that anybody has, but you've got to cut federal spending so the Fed does not have to buy all these uh, federal debt securities and, and therefore keep raising the money supply. If you look at the chart, you go to the Fed uh, website, uh, you look at the chart of the M1 and M2 money supply. As soon as Biden takes office, you know, by March of that year, the money supply shoots up like a rocket. And uh, that basically is the cause of our inflation. Uh, Democrat economist Larry Summers warned the Biden administration of it. Uh, he saw it in the 70s, and he, you know, basically, you know, the last time he was a government uh, advisor was with uh, President Clinton, I believe. But he's always been, uh, you know, sort of on the left left side of things. And, and now, when you get a guy like that saying... Hey, you got to stop spending to stop, you know, to, to ratchet back inflation. That's got a lot of credibility. To Kirk, it. let me ask you something before the break, and we've got to go to break in a minute. President Biden will meet with the Fed chair, Jerome Powell, which honestly, I really have no problem with that. However, I do know that any time that Trump ever mentioned the Fed, he got just his face kicked in. The Fed is independent and the the president's manipulating and 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 interfering and all this. But Biden's allowed to just invite him and they're going to, you know, swap spit and and eat steak or whatever and solve the world's problems. You know, I'm just so sick and tired that this incoherent, incompetent loser president that we have gets away with everything. Is this is this normal operating business or just Trump got treated in, in an abnormal fashion? Well, I think uh, President Trump was treated very unfairly in in this regard. Uh, I remember Barack Obama meeting with Ben Bernanke, and there was no big outcry. But, you know, when George W. Bush met with the Fed chair, oh, my God, he he got the same treatment. So, yeah, it's it's a double standard. And, 
the key thing is they can meet, they can talk. Um, I really do believe that the Fed, whoever the Fed chair is, uh, embraces their their role as being independent of political manipulation. But you know, you know, they pay attention to things. So there's always going to be some political calculation. And, uh, you know, these these little chats they have with presidents, I don't know that that changes uh, much on the surface, but it would, um, you know, maybe plant some seeds for future policy decisions. But I think those, those things are already baked in. I mean, Jerome Powell is not... You know, he doesn't sit in an isolated booth. He reads, uh, you know, the news that's out there, and he reads what the politicians are doing. He sees all the data. He's got smart people advising him. Yeah, but they were really off, Kirk. I mean, they were the ones that said that, you know, that the uh, inflation was transitory. Uh, They didn't act when they should have. Now they have to act so harshly, you know, 50 basis points every single meeting for as far as the eye can see. And then we just get these routine reports. Oh, President Biden has invited the Fed chair to have lunch. You know, like, like, oh, okay, great. You're allowed to. But uh, 17 months ago, this would have been a, a high crime. Uh, break time. We'll be right back. Kirk Conover continues. Chuck Malamut, all about your financial matters in the 8 o'clock hour. And then what will be a wonderful uh, 9 o'clock wide open forum hour of the Hurley in the Morning program. I wonder if Kirk and Nancy Conover have seen Top Gun Maverick or even if they have any interest in seeing Top Gun Maverick. Uh, I did. I had uh, supreme interest and knew I, I announced before I left last Friday that definitely we would be seeing it. And we did. I'm trying to remember uh, because we had a lot of stuff happen this weekend. Uh Let's see. We went Sunday. Sunday to the uh, Northfield IMAX. Oh, it was fabulous. Kirk, we'll ask you when we come back, just for a moment. It's not going to be a long conversation. Did you see Top Gun Maverick? Will you see Top Gun Maverick? Were you part of the $156.1 million first weekend haul? I bought seven tickets. I am a part of that hall. We'll be back. Don't go away. With Kirk, I'm Harry, and this is South Jersey's number one talk station, WPG Talk Radio 95.5, all because of you. And we are the Hurley in the Morning program. The truth and nothing but. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. I'll say this. Stacey Abrams certainly did not help herself out at all. And she wants to be the governor of the state of Georgia. But she declared over the weekend that Georgia is the worst state in the country to live. She actually said those words. It's not sitting well with voters um, going into this primary election. Uh, And my answer to her is, well, if you don't like it, Stacey, you know, there's 49 other states you're free to go live in. If you think Georgia is the worst state, I lived in Georgia four years. I can tell you it's one of the best states in the country. I love Georgia, uh, everywhere from Atlanta to Savannah and everywhere in between. It is a beautiful, beautiful state with wonderful people. Keeping you on the straight path. Later today, it's the Sean Hannity Show. 
Stock market have you nervous? With geopolitical conflict and inflation concerns, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. But with Vantage Point, you don't have to. Learn to trade with artificial intelligence. Text the word money to 813813 and discover how to predict stock market trends up to three days ahead with incredible accuracy. Whether you trade stocks, options, forex, futures, or crypto, Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Text the word money to 813813 to get what you need to stay ahead of the markets and find big moves before they happen. Don't wait. Text the word money to 813813. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com slash terms and consent to receive calls and text using automated technology about offers or info by or on behalf of VantagePoint. Your consent is not a condition of purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, Kirk and I did not speak during the break, so I didn't want to spoil the the impromptu moment of, uh, Kirk, were you a part of the record Tom Cruise Top Gun Maverick Hall? Not this weekend, but uh, we definitely want to see it. It's a... Uh... I've, I've I've read a lot about it and uh, loved the first one, and I I love all Tom Cruise's movies. Uh, you know, it's it's a seems like it's a big uh, pro American uh, muscular movie that uh, has to be seen. <laughs> I remember, you know, I had the video store when Top Gun came out, the original, and it was the first reasonably priced video cassette came out you know suggested retail price twenty four ninety five. and i remember i bought like 50 of them <laughs> sold half of them rented the other half uh, yeah so i'm looking forward to it and uh don't know when it's going to be i mean this weekend was dominated by uh the french open as you know nancy's nancy and i are big tennis fans plus we were uh we played uh three rounds of golf and nice. uh you know, it was a typical, you know, vacation type weekend. The one big observation I did have for the weekend was I got caught in that big traffic jam with the Route 30 bridge being stuck in the open position. Yeah. So I got to see hundreds of cars in the hour and a half it took me to get from Mount Sheikin back to our house in Atlantic City. And, um, I saw hundreds of cars and not one Biden sticker. <laughs> well, he's not popular. I no. mean, it's just, no. I mean, he he got votes that were hook, crook, joke. There were some, I mean, there's just some monolithic Democrat voters. It doesn't matter who the Democrat is. And then, of course, we know, I don't know what percentage of it it was, but I guarantee it was in double digits. Uh, there was a percentage of Biden's vote total that was just purely anyone but Trump, the Trump derangement syndrome crowd. Uh, he, he is, from really the get-go, one of the weakest presidents ever elected because it was under just false pretenses. You had a pandemic environment. You had this very peculiar, uh, extensive use of vote by mail. A lot of questions about it. That's why they work so hard to shut anybody down. 
who brings up that he's not legitimate. It's amazing how the legitimate elections, they're allowed to question possibly an illegitimate one. You're not allowed to question. It was like you couldn't bring up Hunter Biden. You were the liar. You couldn't bring up the things about COVID-19 that have turned out to be true. You were a liar. Uh, And then, of course, we know that he's been an incoherent, uh, very dangerous president. Uh, There's been so many international incidents, including basically uh, declaring war against China. I mean, it just doesn't end. This never could have happened under normal circumstances. You could never have just hidden out in your basement and occasionally go out and go from Delaware to Pennsylvania and back to your basement. It it would never be allowed. And I I submit this, this to you, Kirk. The Democrats, under normal circumstances, would have disqualified Biden on their own, just like they did Harris. Oh, yeah. Uh, they they put Biden in only because Bernie Sanders looked like he was going to get the nomination. Correct. And um, and they had to shut that down. <laughs> yeah. And, and unfortunately, the way it's turning out is Biden's... Uh, Socialist-leaning policies are a complete disaster, whether it be foreign policy, economic policy, domestic policy. Um, It's almost like, you know, the hologram uh, uh, reading cue cards uh, written by uh, Susan Rice and Ron Klain, which basically reflect probably the same policies Bernie Sanders would have tried to implement, except for the complete socialism that Sanders wants, which is, you know, Medicare for all and uh, all these other, you know, government takeovers of big sectors of the economy. Um, but yeah, the, the implication of the Biden presidency for the long term future of this country is very grave. Uh, the damage that, that can be done with the ballooning the deficit to over $30 trillion. Uh, the, the border being wide open for 2 million uh, illegal immigrants a year, uh, you know, the rampant inflation, which was caused by its policies. All these distortions are, are just, you don't know what the long-term consequences are. All I know is that we had eight years of Barack Obama and Joe Biden. They managed to slow the economy down, uh, to less than 2% growth, and they proclaimed it the new normal. And we can't live with that. Our population grows faster than that. And, you know, you have to have 3 4 5% growth occasionally. You know, there's 6% growth. Those are the kind of things that can be done. Um, fortunately, they haven't reversed the, the, the Trump tax uh, reform. So those uh, positive uh, rates are still in effect. Uh, But if they could, they will. And unfortunately, our uh, chameleon uh, Joe Manchin's talking about, uh, you know, a a scaled-down Build Back Better plan (laughs) that would raise uh, certain corporate and and individual income taxes. So, yeah, it's a, a scary time. Hopefully we'll get through it without permanent damage. Um, hope, I hope that the Republicans do take huge uh, majorities in, in the House and in the Senate so that they can at least put a stop to 
the destructive policies that uh, have been put forward by this administration. And, you know, as I tell anybody that will listen, there's nothing being built by Joe Biden. There's nothing that's back by Joe Biden, and there's nothing that's better. It's just reflected in the fact that 80% of the American people, according to some poll I saw, uh, was a Gallup poll, 80% think that the country's headed in the wrong direction. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, the, the president's approval rating's down to 34%. Who are these 34%? <laughs> well, they're monolithic Democrats, and they're Trump deranged people. They know if they were to tell the truth, and this came like to be 10% approve, just absolute one flew over the cuckoo's nest bat blank crazy, uh, and 90% said that they disapprove, that that would be just absolutely cataclysmic for the midterm elections and, and probably setting a, the, the stage for uh, 2024 in, in a way that would be very adverse to Democrats. So they're trying to do what they can to mitigate, see if they can hold the Senate. They, they know they've lost the House. Uh, and then they'll blame Republicans for two years for everything. And Biden will, will try to get away with that. And the media will definitely be helping him. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away. It's uh, halftime with Kirk Conover, Chuck Malamut for the eight o'clock hour wide open forum in today's nine o'clock hour at 407-609-407-1450. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. I am early in the morning with Kirk Conover, and we'll be back in just a little bit. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. At 30 minutes past the hour, Harry Hurley with three. I'm going to make it five stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Two great articles about resorts, casino, hotel. Check them out. I put together, with a little help from my friends, the best hot dogs in Atlantic County. It's an awesome piece. You're going to want a hot dog after you read it. The best milkshakes in Atlanta County, a separate piece. Absecan Deputy Fire Chief Dale Conover is being retaliated against yet again by the Absecan City Council. Shame on you, shame. And my... From the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chris Coleman for Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. After a rather busy holiday weekend here at the shore, our string of nice weather will continue. But it's going to be hot today. Lots of sunshine. 94 this afternoon on the mainland, about 85 for the beaches. Fair tonight in 66. More sunshine again tomorrow and Thursday. Just a slight chance of a late-day thunderstorm both days. Highs around 85, 70s along the coast. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's Talk. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back at 36 minutes past the hour. Visiting with Kirk Conover, Chuck Malamut on deck. And your wide open forum coming up in the uh, 9 o'clock hour at 609-407-1450. Incidentally, Kirk, I have not, and I wrote a piece that got many comments on it, and I've talked to so many people since not one person has said that they didn't like Top Gun Maverick. Furthermore, everybody that I've spoken to said they like it better than the original. How often do you hear that, Kirk? Uh, yeah, sequels have about a 60% approval rating compared to originals. Yeah. That's historically. So, yeah, yeah that, that is a major... Uh, 
a major accomplishment. Let me float something, uh, Kirk, that I don't know that you and I have had a chance to talk about this at all, thinking last Tuesday versus when the shooting was. Maybe maybe we have, maybe we haven't. I just don't even know what day it is anymore. It's so busy anymore. But the, the shooting in uh, Uvalde, Texas, and the abomination that is Beto O'Rourke, when he interrupted in front of all those dignified people that, that are working with their community and heartbroken and just just terrible what O'Rourke did. Uh, you had the mayor, you had the local government, you had the county government, you had the state government, you had the federal government response. Governor Abbott, of course, Lieutenant Governor Patrick, everybody. And this this jackass starts yelling and screaming, kids got shot in the face and you did nothing. I mean, just who does that, to quote Jack Cittarelli? And now it comes out uh, Friday after we signed off. I think it was late in the afternoon. AP writes this completely planted story, Better O'Rourke betting uh, on the shooting to reverse his fortunes in the race for governor. This is how evil, strategic... Uh, just absolutely disgraceful, disgusting these people are, Kirk. It is terrible. And uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke yeah. is probably the most vacuous uh, dim ball that ever ran for office. I don't even know how he got elected to Congress, except I think it's a, when he was in Congress, it was a pretty blue uh, district. But yeah, he's he's got nothing there. So I, I guess his strategy is if there's nothing there, um, you know. Remember how the media led like a fundraising effort for him and they raised all that money and they were making it look like he was going to beat Ted Cruz. And then they helped him again when he ran for president. And he really left the race for both of them like a clown. Uh, the race for president was embarrassing. He was just the thin man that you turn sideways, there was nobody there. Just he's so lacking uh, intelligence and knowledge, product knowledge. And now, of course, he's you know running for the next thing. He's running for governor. Uh, this is also not going to end well for him. And I sense, although the AP, uh, I don't know if it was Zeke Miller, whoever wrote it, one of the fools wrote it. Uh, and let me double check that. That's just worth me. I don't know why. For some reason, I haven't read it since Friday, but for some reason, I think it was Zeke Miller. Hold on. Is in my stack of stuff. No, I, I take it back. It was not. Uh, Will Weissert, Associated Press. So it was not Zeke Miller. I take it back. Sorry, Zeke. Um, but anyhow, uh, I don't sense that he's got that national fundraising appeal this time. I think that money has dried up. That ship has sailed. And he's not going to have that kind of national assistance that he had gotten in the last two attempts. How do you feel about that comment? I think so. I mean, these, these big money donors, uh, or the, you call it dark money or whatever, they want, they want to bet on winners. You know, they, they want to put their money where people will actually win and, and carry out their left-wing loon policies. And I think Beto has, uh, or Robert Francis, has proven that he is not the vehicle. Although he exhibits all of what's wrong with being a liberal Democrat. He's strictly operating on emotion. I mean, that outburst, like you said, these were serious people on that podium. Mm. 
talking about a very serious issue, and he comes in with all this emotion. Uh, there was no policy, um, you know, effort on his part to say, well, you should have changed this or that, you know, if you, but no, he just wanted to disrupt and it was all based on emotion and there's no logic to it. And that's, and, and, and even worse to put attention on himself at a time of such unspeakable, unbearable loss, he turned it into him the worst thing you can do he holds no position anything he would want to do that would be productive you would handle privately and say look i would never make this public but you know maybe we can get together Uh, i'd like to maybe share some of my thoughts you know whatever if you were actually trying to do something that was nonpartisan, but this wasn't that then he took it after they threw his ass out they took him outside and then he's screaming terrible things like they shot children in the face. He wanted to say these things, Kirk. Yeah, he's trying to appeal to some kind of emotional nerve. And uh, I think it totally backfired on him and showed him for, you know, what he is. Uh, he's basically a nothing that just runs for everything. Yeah. Um, Agreed. <laughs> I don't think he's had a had like a real job in his life. And I, I love so the I way, think, uh, and, and it's pretty memorable, his real name is Fra- you know Robert Francis O'Rourke. I mean, he, he almost looks like he could be on the, the Lucky Charms box. Uh, but, you know, uh, but then he pretends, you know, that I guess he wants to make it look like he's Hispanic or something. I don't know. What's what's Beto? Beto O'Rourke. What, where does that come from? What does that even mean? Yeah. Well, so, somebody told me one time that that is some kind of Spanish pet name for Bobby, but I don't know. All right. I, well, I, so long ago, I can't remember. If, but, you, know, you remember but, Lucky Charms commercial when you were a kid? Lucky Charms. You know, he looks that he looks like that guy. Put him in a little green suit with a green hat. And a cane, and, and he looks like he's looking for a pot of gold. Uh, he's a fool. He's a bad guy. Uh, he disqualified himself. I triggered some lunatic Kirk on social media that went bananas on me. Who do I think I am saying that he's disqualified himself? She writes this whole thing about uh, that Beto O'Rourke is so much more qualified than, than Abbott to be governor and uh, and all these terrible things about Abbott. And then, then decided to write a second piece later because I didn't respond to that thing at all. And then I didn't respond to the other one. She said, um, who do I think I am saying he's disqualified? Who do I think I am, Donald Trump? And then she told me, I better just stay being a Jersey boy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I got it. It was funny. You know, to tell her you just recruited, uh, you know, 150 people to move to Texas <laughs> in her neighborhood. Yeah, to cancel out every one of their votes. Uh, I mean, yeah. hey, you look what's going on. You you look at the uh, from Matthew McConaughey to all these different Hollywood people. They're all moving to Texas from California. They've made California unlivable. California has lost population. Yeah, it's now it, it was like a little statistic, you know, net out migration, you know, blah blah blah. But it's really they lost a congressional seat because so many people are moving. If you didn't just say that, I was going to add it. Yes, they have lost a House seat. There's no doubt about it. Kirk, let's take our last break. We'll be right back in just a little bit with Kirk Conover. I'm Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio. 
95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. We thank you for it, and we know that it's all because of you. Wide open forum coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Chuck Malamut coming up right after Kirk in about 20 minutes. Uh, so a lot of important content straight ahead. Uh, Senator Palestina this Friday. Uh, we've got a great week, great rest of this week. And I meant to open with this um, almost, what, an hour and 45 minutes ago, that tomorrow is June. It really inspired me. I wrote just down on my little cheat sheet, tomorrow is June, exclamation point, because it really is the first five months flying by, even as awful as this Biden presidency. One of the great things I did say from the beginning is it will go very quickly. I mean, think about it. This this guy's almost halfway done. And he's never getting a second term. I promise you, he's never getting a second term. I don't care if the nominee is is Donald Duck. It doesn't matter. He, he and I don't even I don't believe the Democrats will allow it to be him. They will get to him and they will say, look, even if you think you're running, we just want you to be able to tell the country, you know, you were whatever you want to say you were some stabilizer after, you know, the radical Trump or whatever, whatever you want to say, we'll let you say it. But they're not going to let him be the nominee. Kirk, I want to talk about that when we come back. I am guaranteeing I cannot imagine Joe Biden being the nominee. Now, if the Democrats are that stupid that they will allow it because they could certainly challenge him and beat him. Uh, so that wouldn't be the reason. They, it would be that they allowed this to happen. I want to get your take on that, Kirk, when we come back. Don't go away. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Hey, thank you. Great one. Nine minutes before the hour. Before we go to President Biden and the possibility of a second term, even that he would be a candidate for a second term, that he would be the Democrat nominee for a second term, because all these things I say no to. I don't think any of them are even possible. Uh, but we are in bizarro world, so I, I, there, there aren't that many absolutes anymore. I mean, let's face it, China is on the WHO, uh, like Uber, beautiful committee, executive board committee, uh, and they're the, they're the creator of the pandemic of COVID-19. So, I mean, you know, I, Iran is on the Human Rights Council and actually chides America for how bad we treat the American people. I mean, you can't, you just can't believe these things are even possible, but it's all true. I'm not, none of it's hyperbole to quote Joe Biden. I'm, I mean, it's all true. Uh, in case you didn't know, he says that about a hundred times a week, hyperbole. Uh, but I want to talk about one other thing real briefly, and we'll come back to Biden, Kirk. I just remembered that Clint Eastwood is celebrating his 92nd birthday. Now, I haven't seen him recently in like the last year or so, I guess inadvertently maybe in an interview or something, but may we all get 90 plus years 
and be as vibrant and productive and and look how he contributes uh, into his 90s. It's pretty amazing, Kirk. Yeah, last summer he played in a pro-am golf tournament with uh, the country singer that has the big long ponytail and deep voice. <laughs> I can't think of his name. Tra- Trace Atkins? And Trace Atkins. Thank yeah, you. And Trace asked him. I'm here to help. You know, how, how do you, yeah, yeah. Good call. <laughs> Thank you. What did he Thanks say to him? Help me out there. That's okay. What did he say yeah, to him? He said, uh, you know, he shot below his age. And he says, how do you come out here and golf? You know, you're when you're 91. And uh, Clint said, uh, every day I wake up, I do not let the old man in. Ah, I love that. I love that. It reminds me of, uh, it's a little different, but Harrison Ford was being interviewed. And I, this just cracked me up uh, over the weekend. He, it didn't happen over the weekend, but I saw it over the weekend and talked to somebody about it over the weekend. It just just tickled me. So he's being interviewed, and the 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 person interviewing him didn't really do a great job. You know, it's just you get disappointed. There's so much potential. You could do such a great interview, and the person says, "And you do all your own stunts." Harrison Ford is not an easy interview. He's like a sort of a curmudgeon. He's a little bit nasty even at times. He said, they're not stunts. It's action. I just love that. It's like, it's like Kirk, <laughs> or, you know, like, uh, like yeah. um, Clint Eastwood. I mean, you don't let the, you know, he doesn't let him in. Uh, but look at the vibrancy of, of this 92-year-old. It's amazing. Yeah, I think he just completed another motion picture as a, you know, director and i watched the last one he did and there's physicality in it and you know he's got to keep up a good pace it it was a good movie it was a movie i don't know if you saw it you and nancy saw it but it was one where uh the mom gets killed and the little boy he takes on the little boy and uh it's it's quite a um you know an an action picture and and kirk i'm sorry i keep thinking kirk douglas uh clint eastwood very um uh very very good in it and then at age 91, now at age 92. All right, so let's go back to, uh, to Joe Biden. Do you, can, do you foresee any scenario where he could possibly run for a second term? I don't. I mean, I think the Democrats realize that he has uh, uh, mentally declined. He is a mistake-prone, gaffe-prone person that uh, can can make a serious mistake any given time when he's allowed to uh, be away from the teleprompter and it's you know he was a vehicle you know any any politician um, and this is where the distinction between Trump is he was not a politician no he came from a different trajectory any politician there's people behind them there's powers behind the throne so to speak and with Biden, you know, it was a cabal of Democrat leaders that said, we can't have Bernie Sanders, so we'll use Joe as a, um, you know, like a Trojan horse. Yeah, know. like an empty vessel, a Trojan horse, because, you know, the name is there, familiarity is there, and, and all of that. Don't you find it just a little bit interesting, Trump, self-made, multi-billionaire, and yet he gets crushed about his finances, all earned in in the free market. Joe Biden's got all these, let's just be honest about it, these ill-gotten gains. I mean, there's just, it's disgusting. 
Ukraine, uh, Moscow, uh, China. I mean, you go on and on and on, whether it's Burisma or this one or that one. Hunter confirming on the infamous laptop uh, that, you know, he pays all the bills for the family and he's done so for 30 years. Uh, they have this joint account together, so they have commingled th- these ill-gotten gains. And, and Biden gets no grief at all. None at all. Well, I think one thing I've, you got to keep an eye on is they're going to have to figure out a way to push him aside. Uh, I don't think he's going to you know, give up the mantle of I'm running for re-election uh, easily. So all these finance things may be something that the Democrat power structure uses to push him aside. The, the interesting thing to also keep an eye on is who the heck do they have? that could actually run and and be a viable candidate certainly not harris no she's a joke uh, oh well, but but if but if, but if biden doesn't run make no mistake about it she's running this is one of the most self-absorbed self-indulgent people undeserving i mean ever they knocked her out in the year before the election year with less than one percent of the vote she's so terrible and that's just democrats know that she will definitely run. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, but you look at that whole cast of characters that they had running, you know, three years ago, none of them stand out. I mean, uh, like I said, uh, Bernie Sanders was was going to win the nomination until they maneuvered him out of out of business, you know, in South Carolina with that vote. But, yeah, I, I don't see any. Any, they don't have any outstanding senators. Um, you know, Schumer could he could never get a vote in any of the red states. That uh, Kirk, you know. Kirk, here's the good news: Bernie's going to run again. I know it. I know he's running. Yeah. I know it. I swear it. I know it. Quick comment: thirty seconds. The European Union has banned Russian oil as of yesterday, uh, so that they will not export. Russian oil uh, to to the twenty seven nation block. What do you, what do you think that means? What, what are your comments about that? Well, it's pretty easy. What it means, it's uh, going to raise the price of uh, gasoline. Uh, crude oil is up three seventy five today, right at this moment. Bingo. And, uh, oil futures. Ten seconds. Oil futures are are projecting uh, gasoline futures. I should say are projecting over five five hours a gallon. And they look out, you know, like six months. So, Kirk, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Uh, great to visit with you, my friend. Not good. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Ariel. Thank you. You bet. Always a pleasure to be on your program. Thank you, Kirk. Honor to present you. Chuck Malamut is next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. Chuck Malamud is here, and this discussion begins all about your financial matters 
This program is presented by Chuck Malamut, a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamut and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast and are subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley, Smith Barney, member SIPC. Chuck Malamut, welcome. And uh, by the way, tomorrow is June. Good morning, Harry. Have a good holiday weekend. Very good. Wonderful. Thanks for asking. How about you? It was great. Good. You did a little traveling. Get back. <laughs> Got to see the Midwest a little bit. Uh, my niece's wedding. It was fantastic. Um, is it a little different in the Midwest than it is here? Do you get to feel any different? It, it is, yes. It's it dramatically is, different, isn't it, is, it? It is different, especially, you know, when you go to a wedding and you have, you have certain line dances that everybody gets up and has fun, and they have their own different... They have their own line dances in addition to what we're typically used to here on the East Coast. But, hey, it was great. I uh, visited family and friends, and it was, it was a quick trip and got back. And um, and now we're good. We're back at 90-some degree weather. Which 94 today. Pretty fantastic. Um, I hope the, the weekend looked like it was very, very busy here at the shore. I think it was a good weekend. And we'll find out. You know, I saw your article this morning. Uh, very well done. Thank you. And... I think we're going to have, in spite of these very, very high gas prices, I think it's going to, you know, push a lot of people here to the shore instead of taking, uh, you know, e- you know, very, very lengthy trips to, you know, make these shorter hops. Yeah, I think we need lightning in a bottle. We have to have a very strong uh, summer season to offset any softness that could happen during the shoulder months and during the the actual winter months. I think it's a, um, it's why I wrote the piece. I think it is a moment of truth tipping point moment for Atlantic City and also fending off still New York competition that's yeah, in the, in the offering. So, you know, speaking of which, Harry, if you remember, um, you know, last week we were, you know, debating back and forth whether or not we were, it felt like we were at the, at the end uh, of a very, very tough stretch, you know, seven, you know, seven weeks in a row of, of down markets. And uh, lo and behold, Positive you know, th- week. This is, you know, it, it, this is a true testament in being able to, you know, stay on course and uh, not stay, you know, spending time in the market and not trying to time the market. Uh, the S and P broke did break a seven week losing streak last week. Harry was up six point six percent for the week. Uh, it hit the, you know, we had we hit the lowest level since March two thousand and twenty one a week ago Friday. Wow. You know, the NASDAQ was slightly higher, up 6.8%. Uh, the Dow was up 6.2%, and, but it did lag a bit. But, Harry, I think what, what needs to be noted here, it did snap the longest, longest weekly losing streak <clears throat> that we've seen since 1932. Wow. Now, you know, normally we, we do not, you know, sp- spend much time here on your show talking about the the day-to-day movement of the markets because again we're more longer term focused and less concerned about what goes on day to day but i think it would be important to note if we take a look at last week uh the first two sessions of the week saw a fair amount of volatility uh the market did uh rally back strongly after the s p was managed to stay above last week's or a week you know last week's low that we saw during tuesday um 
All 11 sectors for the week, Harry, were higher. Consumer discretionary, which, you know, had gotten beaten down pretty significantly because, you know, remember, you know, everyone was saying, well, if there's if there's not enough money there to spend, the consumers are more likely to spend their money on consumer staples and less on discretionary airlines and travel and hotels and casinos. But consumer discretionary was the best performing sector of the week, Harry. It was up over 9% because it did underperform earlier in the month. Um, and again, you know, two weeks ago we saw, you know, we saw Walmart and Target and how they had taken a toll on the market. But this past week, we did see some of these smaller retail stocks come in above expectations and uh, the, the concern about inflation and, again, the, the strength of the consumers, consumer spending sent a lot of those names, at, you know, a week prior to their lowest level. So they did, in fact, rally back. But now what we're seeing, Harry, um, is maybe the worst is sort of, you know, in the rearview mirror. But uh, what you're what we're not going to know until several weeks from now or many months from now is that it was this in fact you know setting the stage for a a new bull market or was this a bear you know was this a rally within a bear market is this considered oftentimes referred to as a as a bear market trap mm-hmm. so um the other thing to note uh is that some of the the big tech names had some really really good days apple <clears throat> NVIDIA, Tesla, uh, you know, they were up anywhere from 8 to 14% for the week, uh, which is obviously really strong numbers. You and Kirk mentioned last hour, you know, energy. Energy, uh, you know, again, was up 8, 8%. Uh, so for the month, it was up 16.9%. And, and crude returned to its May high. Um, you know, to about one hundred fifteen dollars a barrel. Do you now, think? Do you do you agree with Kirk the move that the European Union made to not import Russian oil uh, anymore? That's twenty seven nations strong. They're all not going to do it. That that I can't imagine that that means nothing. No, it means obviously it means something. It's going to it's going to put more pressure on on the price of of crude would we expect that that means uh, that the could, price is going to go yeah, up i mean if you if you take a look right now going into today energy year to date harry's up 61 percent wow. the closest that was obviously the the the, the best sector in the s p 500 you know in a distant second was our utilities which seem to be a little stretched right now up six percent and the third best sector harry year-to-date, which is actually in negative territory, is consumer staples. Now, on the flip side, the worst-performing sectors, consumer discretionary, down 25%, and that's after last week's rally. Communication services, again, down 25%, and information technology down about 19%. And I think, Harry, you know, suffice it to say, you know, we do need to spend a minute and talk, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, the short end of the curve with, with, with interest rates, but uh, the 10-year Treasury was up for the week, but still year-to-date uh, down 10% and trailing 12 months down 8%. So, um, you know, the market's faced with a number of challenges here. And, and you know, as you said, we're, we're now June is, you know, upon us. And the question is, are we going to end up 
in the you know that you know how you have those market doldrums in the middle of the summertime we're basically 30 days i guess if you count today 31 because june is 30 days we're basically a month from knowing if we are in a recession or are we going to have some growth in the second quarter this is uh, a big deal you know most analysts are calling out for well for a recession it's it's just a matter of when is the recession we're always going to have a recession and and you know harry uh, looking, you know, looking without the pandemic, though, we hadn't had one in so long, it was a long record. Time. It was a long time. Yeah. But, but you know, you know, recession, volatility, uh, as I mentioned, as we started the show, how volatility, you know, continues to drive the market. Uh, last night, the futures were up. Wake up this morning. The futures are down yep. ever so slightly. But it, you know, if the path begins to narrow with you know, with less movement on a day-to-day basis, that's going to sort of ring out the volatility. But remember, we and, and I don't want to be repetitive, but I do think it's important that we do talk a little bit about volatility. And and we did mention this last week. And it's 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 not timing the market; it's it's spending time in the market. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, the fears that are out there, and, and they didn't go away because we had a good week. A volatility, inflation, rising interest rates, an economic slowdown, or, or, or any or all of the above, you know, you, investors oftentimes get these these knee jerk reactions to sell and then try to get back in when the coast is clear. But Harry, it, it, there's no bell that rings and says the coast is clear. So think about this: you get out, you have to get this right twice. Mm-hmm. You have to get out at the right time, and then you have to get back at the right time yes get back in at the right time and and that it's hard to do either of them correct let alone both of them correct break time we'll be right back chuck malama continues i don't want a recession but i agree of course there's always going to be one somewhere looming in the future there's always going to be one the good news is with only one exception in our lifetime though and rarely has it ever happened it almost never happens uh the recession is always followed by robust growth so it would be a time of i would say for the eternal optimists out there of to be optimistic about it when we come back more with chuck malamut to reach chuck for your financial planning needs now more than ever 609-383-2010 609-383-2010 with the great chuck malamut i am early in the morning wpg talk radio 95.5 fm and fourteen fifty a.m wpg talk radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. All because of you and we know it. We continue with Chuck Malamut talking all about your financial matters. Well, this is going to be interesting. Markets are adjusting to the U.S. rate expectations. What does that mean? So, Harry, uh, investors actually right now are, are, are pricing in fewer rate hikes from the Fed in the coming year than they were just a few weeks ago. Well, isn't that good to hear? So at, at the moment... What happened to do that? Well, so at the moment, the markets see that the federal funds target reaches a terminal rate just below 3%. It was... Previously, it was about 3.5%, and that just about a week ago. And that, that's because of some weakening data that we're seeing, you know, coming from the economy, uh, a sharp decline, and we'll cover this in a few minutes, in new home sales and softer uh, purchasing managers and regional Fed surveys uh, suggest that the, f- that the Fed... Uh, so they're going to back off on some Fed of the pain? The might Fed might tighten less mm. than was previously feared. So, 
you know, uh, first quarter domestic, gross domestic product, as you know, was revised lower uh, this past Thursday to an annualized negative 1.5%. It was minus 1.3%. That was the estimate. The, the uh, Fed's preferred inflation measure, which is oftentimes the core uh, personal consumption expenditures price index, that's a lot to say, edged down, and that was what helped the market on Friday, edged down to 4.9% year over year, and it was 5 in, in April, and it was 5.2% in March. Uh, that was reported on Friday. So the combination of a, of a somewhat more hawkish European Central uh, Bank and lower Fed expectations uh, prompted a pullback in our U.S. dollar versus other major currencies this past week as well. So that's the, you know, what would fuel the market here, Harry, was the fact um, that the personal consumption expenditures price index was lower than, than expected. Um, you know, it was, it but I thought it got credit for being strong American consumer spending, and that's why Friday was good. This is like this is uh, crazy. It's, it's sort of Abby normal, right? yes, Abby normal. But, yeah, but that's pretty All much right. pretty much where we are. And, and I and I think that I don't know how they can have it both ways. But well, look, as as Kirk said last hour, um, the Fed has only been able to uh, you know get us through. All the every time there's been rate hikes, there's only been one. There's only been one time in, in I don't know how many years they've been measuring this where we did not end up in a recession. Well, I'll um, tell you what I what I'm going to enjoy. And we have time to do this before the bottom of the hour break with the great Chuck Malamut. For all of your financial planning needs, call 609-383-2010. If I've inspired you to call Chuck, please tell him that. 609-383-2010. 609-383-2010. Full financial services. You'll be very pleased with the Malamut Group. I am happy that there are few surprises in the Fed minutes because if there were a lot of surprises in the Fed min- minutes, that wouldn't be a good thing. So having few surprises is probably, and this is for me as a layperson, Chuck, probably a good thing, right? Harry, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's actually, it's, it's a real good thing because good. what happened was that the Fed, uh, the minutes from the, from the early May meeting uh, where the market was in turmoil uh, contained few surprises. Uh, all members uh, were supporting a 50 basis point rate increase uh, over the next few meetings, an effort to bring rates to a neutral level, uh, and, and that hopefully does not, you know, uh, uh, hurt economic growth. You know, some participants, uh, you know, that are part of the Fed indicated a more restrictive approach uh, to tightening monetary policy. That could be in order, depending upon how the economic outlook evolves. So, Harry, that was. That was good news, obviously, you know, for the market, uh, that along with the personal consumption numbers that we just kind of talked about. Excellent. Really good. Really good to hear. Um, I mean, this would be wonderful if uh, I I heard um, this person that does a Marketplace Minute uh, very, very early in the morning for Fox News when I was actually driving in to Broadcast Center actually say he didn't he didn't promise that we hit the bottom. Because I know sometimes you've brought up, we don't know until we know, but that maybe we've hit the bottom, maybe we haven't. Uh, they, they were of the belief that since there was robust consumer spending, although they did say, Chuck, 
that the the American consumer is spending, but with a dour, just attitude about it all. Well, a lot, a lot of the movement, uh, the, the spend is going from discretionary to the, to staples. And yeah. that's that's what happened, and that's what sort of put the retailers in a in a I don't want to call it a tailspin, but you know some really negative days, particularly you know, coming out of you know the big box retailers like a Walmart. Or a target. Chuck, get a load of this. We got a couple minutes before the bottom of the hour break. It's not on the agenda, but I wanna I wanna throw it in as a wild card. I had a really dynamic conversation with an expert in the automobile industry yesterday. I never knew this. Did you know, Chuck, that there are more than three hundred chips in every car? Three hundred. I did not know okay, that. Okay, I didn't know it. I, I thought there were multiple chips because you have, you know, you have these whole camera systems and uh, computer and all this stuff. So I knew there were multiple chips. I had no idea three hundred. Get a load of this one. In the electric cars, there's more than three thousand mm. chips. So now we know why. So there, you know, what's happening right now? They're now manufacturing cars with like a Wio. You go take right. the car. And then someday they'll put these chips in. So like, you'll have your air conditioning and things like that, but you're not going to have certain functions, bells and whistles in your car. But now we know, I mean, that the math of being able to produce the number of chips that you need, I don't know how many cars a year are, are manufactured, but if it's thousands, I mean, and the push is right now to get electric, Chuck, if you need 3,000 plus chips in each electric car, this is this is a big problem, Harry. It's a it's a huge problem because you have to obviously. When can you can you manufacture, and if so, to what magnitude? And I found out what what dealers are having to do now. New car dealers are having to be very strategic. For example, if you if you have a Corvette dealership, and yet you might have you know Buick or or GMC or or whatever Chevy whatever, uh, they've got to bring in the cars that are going to make them the money. They have to be very strategic. Uh, absolutely. It's tricky. Let's get the break in. We're going to be right back. He's Chuck Malamut. When we come back, if there's any more on the surprise with the Fed minutes, the, Chuck, the time is Chuck's. Uh, otherwise, we're going to move on to the 10-year price increases, and Chuck will give us a determination where that stands. Is it slowing? Is it growing? Is it where are we at with it? We'll get all that. Chuck will be talking about the CBO. And yes, Chuck Malamut will be talking about the U.S. housing market, inflation, labor, and uh, a whole lot more. We'll probably take a jaunt through uh, China as well. I'm very proud that China was just voted uh, full bird membership in the WHO, the World Health Organization. Uh, We are living in very, very strange times. 609-383-2010, the number to reach Chuck Malamut, 609 383-2010, and then beginning in about 35 minutes, it is your first opportunity, and I apologize for that. We've just been busy from the beginning. Your first opportunity to play on our phone line, 609-407-1450, where we'll have wide open forum for the 9 o'clock hour, no calls this hour. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It's still me, Harry Hurley, with three stories. And I'll try to squeeze in a couple of more because we've been very busy this morning. Uh, June is tomorrow, as you know. Two great articles about Resorts Casino Hotel. We have pictures that nobody has had in 40-plus years. Really cool stuff. The best hot dogs in Atlantic County. I had a hot dog in honor of writing this story. The best milkshakes in Atlantic County. 
Atlantic City, I'm sorry, Absecon Deputy Fire Chief Dale Conover is being retaliated against. We have the story. And also, I wrote a definitive piece on a tipping point moment of truth. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chris Coleman for Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Weather in a word today, hot, but only for one day. As you head back to work today, expect lots of sunshine with a high of 94 on the mainland, about 85 on the beaches, where the ocean water temperature is 62. Just a few clouds tonight with a low of 66. Then for tomorrow and Thursday, mostly sunny, slight chance of an afternoon thunderstorm both days. Highs around 85, 70s along the coast. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today early in the morning wpg talk radio 95.5 fm and 1450 a.m hi it's markley and van camp join us later today at one now back to hurley in the morning on wpg talk radio 95.5 fm and 1450 a.m south jersey's talk station thank you 35 minutes past the hour with chuck malamut cbo what are they expecting mr chuck malamut so harry i i, I added this to our discussion today because I I know you would get a a big chuckle out of the U.S. Congressional Budget Office. Yeah, because they're very nonpartisan. I'm happy to hear this. They projected this this past week that both inflation and growth will cool later this year and into 2023. They expect a 3.1% growth rate in 2022 down from five and a half percent that we booked in 2021 they see the economy growing at slightly over two percent uh, next year by the way they, wouldn't you take three percent punch the card right now if you could yeah it, it, i'm now, surprised now, to hear this now let's talk about inflation i mean all we know right now is we were negative, negative last quarter and this doesn't seem like herculean what's going on right now we're hoping we don't get a second well, remember where this is coming from yeah okay the, the, they forecast inflation is going to uh, fall to 4.7% later this year and 2.7% in 2023. Chuck, if I do simple math, because I'm a layperson, you're the expert, but if you have two quarters of basically zero, to get to three... You need fantastic you need six third and, six. and fourth quarters. You need yes. six and six. Because you got to cum the two zeros. Am now, I correct? They, you know, look. In all fairness, there, supply chain, and we'll talk about this. Shanghai, Beijing. They're, you know, they're they're lifting some a lot of the restrictions. And if we can get, if we can get some kind of conclusion to the to the war, I, I think it's going to help. You know, not only domestic but international growth as well. So they, is this, by the way, with the world sort of not paying that much attention, I know we are because we're still supplying Ukraine, but I think this becomes a very dangerous part of the war when the world takes its eye off of things. Look, we don't even talk about Afghanistan anymore. We do there, there are terrible things going on there, and there are Americans still there trying to get out. Nobody even cares. Nobody even talks about it. No, but no Americans are, are focused on this right now. They're not, but let me go back yeah, to, go to the CBO for a second. Yeah. So think about inflation uh, declining to 4.7% later this year, Harry, and to 2.7% in 2023. And unemployment uh, is expected to remain close to the 50-year 50, 50 lows that we currently have in place. So I don't know how realistic those numbers are uh, because is how often is the CBO correct? versus how often are they incorrect in their in their projections 
I don't recall them being like an oracle of any great respect, honestly. And and I don't know how. Look, if if we get to where they, I'm surprised they would say this based on negative growth. If, if, and I know that's not a term, but below zero growth uh, in the first quarter will be where we will be. We'll know in a little over a month, but it's not going to be great for the first half of the year. What what do they possibly see that would show that we would grow by 6% for the third I'm, and fourth quarter? I'm not quarter? sure what's in the tea leaves that they're reading, Harry, because... I, I think it's a bunch of hooey. <laughs> this, though, is important because you, you talk about real estate a lot on your program over in this July uh, 1st. We'll be celebrating, we'll go, what, year 31. Uh, U.S. housing market, uh, where are we at? You know, we, we we sort of touched on this, I believe, last week. But I, you know, there's been some additional information that's that has, in fact, uh, been released. And Harry, uh, if you look at at the momentum, uh, or the what I'll call the, the the loss of momentum in in our housing markets that we have seen in the last several months, uh, the latest data that came out during the month of of April showed the the pace of new home sales slowing dramatically, falling almost 17 percent. It was the biggest drop, Harry, we've seen since 2013, even though prices continued to move onward and upward because the median sales price was up almost 20 percent from a year ago. Uh, The supply of existing homes continues to jump, according to Realtor.com. Listings increased by about 9% compared with the same period a year ago as sellers are trying to take advantage of higher prices. But the other thing, Harry, to look at is that um, there are a lot of sellers right now that are very worried that they're going to miss out on on what is still sort of being coined as the red-hot housing market. So, um, you know, you have sharply higher mortgage rates. You know, that has caused a sudden pullback in home sales and, and sellers are now sort of rushing, you know, rushing, um, you know, to get in before the red hot market cools off dramatically. So, Harry, I don't know if this is sort of a telltale sign as to, you know, is, is the housing market, you know, you know, remember, housing is important. Yeah. You know, we talk about the three-legged stool. We yeah. talk about housing. We talk about consumer. Chuck, here's uh, what I know because uh, I check. I know that or uh, that uh, uh, Zillow's not you know the the, the end all be all, but the values keep going up. I just Harry, checked they, it they, 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 Thursday. <laughs> we check it twice a month. Jim's program and Joanne's program. I, I mean, look, keeps the, going up. The 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 problem is not the problem, but here's what's going to happen. You're going to get to the point. I don't want to say of no return, but you're going to get to the point where it becomes incredibly expensive for a buyer. And then you're going to have a lot of sellers right. lined up. Prices going up and rates going up is not usually what you see. Correct. But also, too, which is unusual, these incredibly low rates and prices going up psychedelic, it's usually one or the other. Low rates and the prices are up or higher rates and the prices are down. So this has been very um, uh, unconventional all the way around. Uh, let's get our last break in. When we come back, much more with Chuck Malamut. When Chuck comes back, uh, a bit about inflation. Uh, where do we stand with that? Because it would be like if we had a crystal ball, if we knew that it had peaked. I heard a report this morning 
that I mentioned that was about uh, 3 o'clock this morning. And if that report is correct, uh, I was very encouraged by what I heard, except for the part where the American people are spending, but they're doing so in a very discontented way. It was um, really the only part of the report that was not very favorable. In other words, you're spending because you have to spend. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's talk station. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I like that man. It's 48 minutes past the hour. I like this guy too. Chuck Malamut, the official financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program. I'll just say one word and tee it up for you. Inflation. So, so Harry, I think you, you said it right right before the break uh you know the market usually falls in the run-up to the to a peak in headline inflation just as we have seen in recent months so you know did we hit you know two months ago that that high watermark with respect to inflation but but after the peak peaks you know the, the market usually does recover so think about it if you go back tonight there, there have been 13 inflation run since 1951 the market was higher 12 months later harry nine times out of 13 attempts uh the biggest gain was 33 percent and that was from the top of inflation that we hit in march of 1980 the worst was actually a 17 percent decline wow. when we hit inflation at that peak of january 2001 and, and and but I think Harry, remember that was the time when the market languished after the dot com uh, bubble popped. Yeah. So inflation, you know, in, in truth, the peak in inflation might be helpful, uh, but equities, you know, do need some other supports as we talked about. You know, we talked about supply chain, Harry. We talked about the war. Mm-hmm. So uh, if if we can get those under control then there's a uh, very high probability that that inflation's really not such a bad thing, at least for the equity markets on a a go-forward basis. Not expecting that to hear that. That's good. This one, I don't like the premise. I don't like the agenda item. Cracks are forming in the U.S. labor market. I mean, I believe that there's been a, a, a systemic problem from the beginning. We were paying people to not work. Uh, you had the millions of people that left the uh, the employment roles. Hasn't there ha- haven't there been cracks from the beginning of the of so, this whole discussion? So, so let, let's think about this for a second. You know, you know, um, you know, help wanted wherever you wherever you go. Yeah, you, you see it. How, yeah. However, um, it's not like that everywhere. You know, hospitality, service sectors. We can't hire enough workers. Uh, in other words, jobs that people don't want you know, to, to staff for the summer, and you see that here yeah. down, obviously here at the shore. In the meantime, Chuck, do you remember how when we, you, we, you and I were hotel executives, it we would have so many people that wanted the jobs that we had in the summer. You would have more people that wanted the jobs than you had jobs for. Remember, absolutely valet parking. Yeah. You name these. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, I mean, what, what these properties wouldn't give to be able to have enough people. It's changing. So hospitality and service can't hire enough in the meantime some of these big tech names and, and again not you know not using you know not new no recommendations here but microsoft 
and Meta or Facebook uh, and uh, other companies have signaled that they plan to be more cautious, Harry, around hiring. So you, the, the divergence could mean a slowdown in wage growth or hiring itself and could curtail spending, uh, which has been robust despite consumer confidence you know, deteriorating somewhat. So, so you see these cracks you, you know, within, within the labor market. Now, Friday will be interesting because mm. we will get the May jobs report. And, uh, I mean, they're all over the board with respect to how many, you know, how many um, people we are, are hired. But if you look at, in our world, for instance, in, in the mortgage in the mortgage world, Harry, in particular, particularly, there, there are a lot of companies now that, uh, are, you know, not only are being more conservative, but they're actually, you know, going through their first round of layoffs because they don't, you know, they don't have the business that they had just, you know, three to six months ago. Now, you don't talk about any one stock, but are you surprised at the way I think the markets are accepting very, um, I don't know what the right word is to use, acceptingly, maturely, uh, the whole Elon Musk Twitter thing, because when you say, hey, I'll pay this much and you enter into a deal, then all of a sudden you say, hey, wait a minute, I think you got all these bot fake things and I'm not paying a premium for fake stuff. I mean, that would make me feel like the thing's way up in the air and that there's a problem, but the market seems to just be yawning at all that. Well, I think they're, they're now in the process of renegotiating the price, whatever that may be. And it's every, By the way, if he's right, he, he deserves that. And every redo. day you, you, you turn the page to, and, and, you get, and you enter into a new chapter. So yeah. uh, it's, it's anybody's guess, you know, will the deal be consummated? And if so the timing and the price. You briefly touched on this during an earlier part of your program, Chuck, but Beijing, Shanghai, uh, where do we stand? Yeah, so Harry, you know, the COVID, you know, again, in, in China, zero tolerance. They went draconian, 300 uh, million lockdown. So Beijing and Shanghai are starting to reopen as COVID cases drop. So just over the weekend, the number of new COVID cases with symptoms on the mainland fell to 20. 20, Harry, 20 people uh, down from 54 a a day earlier. On Sunday of this past week, Shanghai said businesses could start to reopen without having to apply for approval. And in Beijing, uh, major shopping centers, including a luxury mall that had closed just a month ago due to COVID, announced they would reopen last weekend as well. So what we're seeing is, you know, again, I, I heard this morning there was one case. Uh, I think I heard it, Harry, on on your news, um, your hourly news update, that uh, if they can get, you know, these people back to work and these factories, you know, you know, back on track, you know, think about the improvements that we're going to see, you know, with the supply chain, because we are we are unfortunately so dependent. Yeah on on what you know what is manufactured and comes out of china and i think we've we learned a very 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 tough lesson from this see this next agenda item speaks to basically my column that i wrote this morning about atlantic city if seasonal demand for gasoline is on the decline is that akin analogous to people are not going to travel as much as they would have otherwise. You're right, Harry. So seasonal so, demand for, problem. for gas in our country is at, 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 is at its lowest level 
that we have seen since 2013, except obviously 2020 when we were in, in the height of the pandemic. Um, you know, so think about this. The lowest level we've seen since 2013 as the summer driving season gets underway, um, you know, with, with prices up about 50% from a year ago, demand is actually about 5% lower. So maybe those trips uh, will be shorter. You know, look at the price of jet fuel. It is, you know, it is doubled. And if and I know we kind of t- chatted about this just last week. You know, if you, when was the last time you, you know, go, go try to book an airfare a week out. You know, if going to a destination, it will knock your socks yeah, off. Yeah, it's like a lot of things you really have to plan now. For example, locally, and again, we don't usually talk about any one company, but it's local. It's it's our local, you know, carrier, if you will. Spirit Air, they're sending me tremendous rates. Uh, you got to go early. You got to get up early. I mean, go, yeah. go go price that ticket now. No, I got you. And go price it about a week before you're scheduled to go. Oh, I, I, I saw. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to go through the roof. Without a doubt. Um, but, you know, back to inflation here for yes. a second, because, you know, we're, we're so focused on, on inflation, you know, using, again, CPI or consumer price index as the measurement. It, it, it go back to previous previous years, you know, points in time. Nine percent in 1978, Harry. Thirteen point three percent in 1979. Twelve and a half percent in 1980 and nine percent in 1981. So so we have been here i mean it's it's a long time ago but in in, you know we managed through those processes so i again you know as you mentioned you know uh optimistic obviously i think we will we will manage through this through this as well good i hope you're right this sort of touches on a little bit i think what's happening with russia ukraine I heard uh, Volodymyr Zelensky say that the world is like 11, this was over a week ago, so it's 10 weeks now, but over 11 weeks, um, 11 weeks away from critical food shortages. Do you think we're going to get to that point? I know what's one thing to pay more, but the supply is there for prices to be really high, but then at some point you can't even get supply. What do you think about Harry, all this? I don't know if we're going to get to a, a food shortage. But you know, we, he says we, so. We've seen these prices at the supermarkets through the roof, and you know, Harry, almost fifty percent of the world's production of sunflower oil, which is, you know, commonly found in margarine and used in cooking, mm-hmm. you know, was coming from the Ukraine bef- yeah. before the Russian invasion. So that's, you know, you have sunflower oil. I believe you have wheat. Wheat for sure. Um, I'm yeah. not sure what other commodities were coming out of the Ukraine, but obviously you know, having an impact, you know, when the prices that we're seeing now. Your program is too good. It flies by. We're going to go to open forum right after the break, 609-407-1450. I hope you'll check in. We have folks already standing by. So call in. Closing comment, Chuck, 30 seconds. Well, Harry, look, came off of a great week last week. Um, you know, much needed. It was a long time in coming. Um, you know, if you learned anything about volatility and, and, and again, staying in the market, not trying to tie in the market, you know, front and center. We saw it last week. Uh, futures, not so great this morning, but anything can happen, in, you know, as, as we get to the opening bell. And I just think, you know, stay focused. And um, I, I mean, I'm not the bear, as you know. Um, I'm going to stay long-term 
you know, obviously stay positive. Thank you, Chuck. 609-383-2010. 609-383-2010. On a personal note, in the final five seconds, you and your family go to see Top Gun Maverick. We will do that. Thank you, Harry. See you soon, Chuck. Open Forum begins right now. WPTG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you and welcome back. It's six minutes past the hour on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And as promised, wide open forum for the entire hour. 609-407-1450. We have just one open phone line, so somebody grab it and let's uh, take as many of your calls as we can and we have a full hour because we have until Brian Kilmeade at six minutes past the top of the next hour. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Uh, yeah, good morning. Um, Ukraine not only is a breadbasket, not only is it rich in natural gas and crude, it also has 500,000, what they know of, 500,000 tons of uh, lithium. It's also rich in cobalt, also iron, uranium, and titanium. So Russia's not interested in all that. They're not interested in all that black gold underneath the Black Sea either. No, 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 no. They, they're just paranoid about the NATO having a, its bases in northern Ukraine, no? That's why they're selling sophisticated S-300 missile systems to NATO, right? Because they're so scared of them, right? So now that's a, that whole piece of land there in the black in that, that Crimea Peninsula, which uh, juts down into the Black Sea, that's there's two vultures involved as far as I'm concerned. Vulture number one is Russia. The other vulture is the EU. You can't tell me that, that that country that's rich in natural resources and black gold, that well, being natural what, gas and What crude. do you think of the EU agreeing yesterday to ban the export of Russian oil to the entire 27-nation bloc? That's, uh, that's a news headline. That's a news headline. I didn't know about that. Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah. I, I, just think that, I just think it's a big game being played here. Um, actually, uh, actually, it was actually the Club of Rome that with their deindustrialization plan, starting with America, is why we're not the breadbasket of the world. Also, that's why Bethlehem Steel was bankrupted. That's why those uh, 14 mammoth uh, Ford plants went belly up. This is all by design. This isn't happening by accident. And we've got to stop uh, trying to export democracy to autocratic nations like Persia, which is Iran, autocratic nations like China and Russia. Their, their ancient civilizations will never be dem- democratic. They'll always be autocratic. They'll always be. Hey, Flash, are you happy today that uh, actually the World Health Organization voted in China to the executive board of the World Health Organization after they are, in fact, patient zero and inflicted this entire world deadly pandemic on everyone this is why everything is just completely bizarro world inside out backwards upside down whatever you want to call it that's just par for the course i think i think so too also uh one unconventional war with russia is a really stupid idea when you consider the day of hyper missile hyper icbm missile capabilities yeah uh, we have AWAC planes that we have AWAC uh, planes that can guide harpoon missiles. That's sophisticated 21st century weaponry. Also, we have stealth weapons, stealth bomb, stealth bombers. Yeah, but but if China takes over Taiwan and they they control the uh, microchips that 
we won't be able to get those planes off the ground anyway. Well, Flash, I don't know if you had a chance to listen earlier. I learned something. It was just yesterday. I had a fascinating conversation with an automotive expert, and I had no idea that there were more than 300 chips in each new automobile and 3,000-plus chips in each new electric vehicle. I mean, we just literally, under the current circumstances, there's just no keeping up with that right now. Also, our electrical grid system goes back to the middle of the 20th century. Now, we replace all of our, you know, greenhouse-powered cars, greenhouse-gas-powered cars with electric cars. What do you think? We're, we're having blackouts now. What do you think? Well, I was just, hey, Flash, Flash, you just took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to comment. I will set the, 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 the terms, the, the line. I'm not a better. I'm not a wagerer. I just don't like it. But um, I understand why people do. It's exciting. But I set the odds at nearly 100% that in California we will have rolling blackouts this summer. Their grid is so precarious. And this won't be just uh, California. But their grid is so precarious that that's what it comes to. And it will again. Yeah. Now, As they keep on pushing for alternative energy, they can't even they can't even handle the basics. Nikola Tesla, who was one of the most intelligent men that ever lived, according to Albert Einstein, said we should be harnessing water power, and also two American atomic scientists invented the fusion torch, which revolutionized green energy. Well, I'm, see, I'm for hydropower, as it's called. Some say water power, but hydropower is sustainable. But this other stuff, I mean, hey, you got a nice windmill in your backyard, but if there's no wind, you're out. Uh, Remember all the gray days that we had in May? First half of May was just unbelievable. If you were relying on solar power and you didn't have battery backup, you were Dunsville. So that's why it's, it's a great supplement. And then you're on the grid still, and when the solar is working, great. When it's not, if you hit a several days or a couple of bad weeks, uh, you, you're not in a problem because it's just you know if you're generating SREX or anything like that, you're gonna you're, you're gonna not produce, but uh, you're gonna be covered. You'll be on the on the grid. You, we can't rely on it as an alternative that could meet all the needs. It should it should be a supplement. All of it: nuclear, solar, hydro, all of it wind but the other side they just they they think it's possible to be end all be all they're not right about that flash let me run get some more calls in 609-407-1450 open phone line welcome to hurley in the morning you're on the air caller listen for the beep i want to give you another shot at this because you've been holding on caller are you there now All right, we're going to move on. If you're hearing me, we cannot hear you. Call back 609-407-1450, an open phone line. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Uh, Thank you for taking my call, Harry. My pleasure. Um, The the Bobolinsky story that broke prior to the October, Tucker, uh, it appeared as though he pled with Rupert Murdoch to, to to be allowed to put that on. He was so gracious in thanking whoever the powers that be or that let him get that story through. Well, keep in mind, no one else on the planet would allow it to see the light of day. In fact, this was all called lies, as you know. The truth were, they were lies. The lies were the truth. So I I would also say you got to give credit 
because he was allowed to put him on. He was on exactly one time, and it made major news to anyone who was paying attention. But the Democrat media was so completely conspiring with the Biden campaign, they didn't even report on it. Other than New York Post, it was censored uh, pretty directly afterwards, pretty much. Right. Uh, As you know, New York Post is owned by Fox News. So exactly one company allowed the truth to come out. By the way, you never heard anybody say he's not credible. He was incredibly credible. He said with 100 percent certainty that Joe Biden is the big guy and that Joe Biden is corrupt and that Joe Biden met all the people that he said he never met. I mean, that would normally be Dunsville if, say, you were Trump or Bush or anybody, maybe even some Democrats. They've just allowed, you know, they used to talk about Reagan was Teflon. I mean, they they have Biden caught here. They just won't go after it. And we lost our caller. Please check back in. 609-407-1450, open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hi, Harry. Hey, hey. Hey, okay. Uh, hey, look, uh, uh, absolutely there. The, the Bobolinsky story was complete media dishonesty and censorship. Uh, yeah. Just disgusting, disgusting what took place. And, and they knew it was all true. It's not like they were being good stewards or let's not let something unfair be injected towards the end. I mean, it was it was sourced, it was credible, and they knew it, and they didn't cover it. That's how corrupt they are. The narrative made complete sense. Who the hell do you think he's he's referring to when he says big guy? It it you know it it all right. But then you don't even that that's just part of it. Um, the pictures speak for themselves with him with people he said he never met, said he never ever talked about his son's business dealings. He's in the pictures with the people. There's emails saying thank you for introducing us uh, to your father, the vice president. That we got to meet him. Uh, that that answers the lie. Uh, I mean, it, we, I mean, it goes on and on and on. They, he has just gotten away. Remember, Biden would say in those debates that the media has disproven all of this. There's no truth to any of this. He got away with bald face lying. Uh, I guess that makes him a dog face pony soldier. <laughs> right. You know, he I, I you know, I love these people, Harry. That, that By the way, what does that expression did- mean? Only Joe Biden in this fragile stage of his life. I never heard that expression before. Did you? No, never heard. I don't even know what it means. Dog face pony. I mean, what is it? What does it even mean? Absolutely never heard of it. You know, what gets me, Harry, is these people who who voted for Biden, who who try to say he's a nice guy. He's unlike Trump. He's a good man. Well, that's absolute total garbage in reality this guy is nasty this guy is corrupt uh his his total demeanor his demeanor in the campaign the way he he talked to the sitting president that you know absolutely you know the the guy is garbage but what i wanted quick point i wanted to make about inflation when you're on with kirk yeah this inflation problem totally caused by biden and the two two really key components of inflation are, are energy costs and labor costs. And both are attributable, 
completely to Biden's mismanagement. And labor costs because the government paid people not to work when it wasn't necessary anymore, forced employers to to artificially raise wages, which you'll never be able to take back. Once you increase somebody's pay, you can never bring it. Right, because there there was able-bodied people who would have had to work that did not have to work because they were being paid not to work. It's everything that you don't do in a free market capitalist society. It's, It's socialism. And that's why socialism fails 100% of the time, because we run out of other people's money. And then you collapse, and you go from being the third most prosperous nation in the hemisphere that Venezuela was to where they are now. It's, it's really it's insidious. It's terrible. Got to get a break in. So quick closing comment, Bob. No, just and, and the, war on, the war on energy, uh, investors in a free market system are not going to invest in infrastructure to develop oil, fossil fuel, energy. Well, look, when you have a president that was saying he's an enemy of them, look, he admitted, these things all come out. He admitted a week ago or so that that the pain that's going to happen is going to be worth it when we come out of it because we will not be using fossil fuels. I mean, he said it. And, and totally ridiculous. So I know. We're on the middle class. You know, we're, we're not going to be better off when we have $10 a gallon gasoline and electric vehicles cost about 30 to 40% more yeah. to manufacture. And, and need more than 3,000 chips, which we don't have. Yeah, yeah. Total insanity. Good to talk to you, Bob. Have a great day. When we come back, in the order of your calls, we continue in wide open forum. You'll be next, and you will be right after that. And you'll be right after that. So please hang in there. Don't go away. We have one open phone line. That's it at 609-407-1450. It's early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, all because of you. South Jersey's number one talk station. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back at 24 minutes past the hour. Wide open forum this entire hour, starring your phone call, 609-407-1450. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. Hi there. Let's uh, take a trip to Bizarro World. Oh, please do. Yes, why not? It's where we live. If you don't fire the prosecutor, you don't get the billion who said that if you don't fire the prosecutor what you don't get the billion oh joe biden of course. joe biden of course and then and then all of a sudden some other fella from queens says president Zelensky, can you look into this corruption and he gets impeached would you call that bizarre word well well, yeah, sure, because everything that should happen doesn't, and the exact opposite that shouldn't happen does. By definition, it's it's textbook bizarro world. And by the way, he denies ever doing the first thing you said, even though clearly it's exactly what he did do. 
And then, of course, if you if you do the guy that I, I know you have a lot of respect for him and I do, too. And we've had the pleasure to interview him here and on Fox News when we fill in Peter Schweitzer. And I know uh, Bob Progner and Kate May, huge fan. He's connected all the dots. I mean, you, you can show Hunter Biden's travels on Air Force Two with Joe Biden everywhere they went together resulted in millions of dollars to Biden Inc. It's all there. You know, it's not this is not conspiracy kookery or partisan commentary. I mean, it it's all there. Well, you're we're brothers in arms because that's the exact point I was just going to make. You planted a poison seed by sending Hunter to three different places, Ukraine, Russia and China. And where is all the trouble currently? Well, that's why, as you know, I don't believe in coincidences. We have so much trouble in all three, and I believe that's because the Obama-Biden government was very compromised, which makes it that America is compromised because they are, you know, our representatives, our elected representatives in a republic. And there's no coincidence that that's the case. They know they have something on this guy. And I think that everything we see happening is from a byproduct. Look, look. When you look at organizations that investigate people, whether you could get a certain privilege or a license, if you're blackmailable, you're shut down. You got no chance. You're not getting into the FBI. You're not getting top security clearance. I mean, I I submit to you that Joe Biden could not get security clearance if he was not the president. And I 100 percent agree with you there. And they uh, and Harry, the. uh, just to let you know, the oil prices are up from 114 on uh, Friday to 118 today. Well, look, they the, e- the, the EU said, and it was going well before that, the EU said we're not, you know, and I don't blame them. They're not buying, they're not importing Russian oil, 27 nations. Uh, the, the supply is going to get tighter and the cost is going to be higher. We're going to go, I have no doubt. I mean, look how close we are already. And diesel is well above it. We're going to go over $5 a gallon for regular gasoline. I mean, it's already in the $450, 460-ish range uh, as it is. I'm paying $535 at the moment for the premium. Uh, this is very bad news. And, Harry, I'll close with this one. This is one of my favorite ones. Uh, we have created the largest voter fraud organization, and it goes back to Barack, and I'd like to thank you folks. Well, Anyway, 2,000 mules comes out. My questions are, are simple. Who paid the mules, right. the 2,000 people, to get these 450,000 votes? And where did the mules pick up the 450,000 votes? They certainly didn't go to individual nursing homes to get them, 2,000 people. And normally there would be great intellectual curiosity to find out answers to these, and instead we have crickets. And they actually try to make you a bad guy if you don't just agree, it's it's kind of interesting how Hillary never had to concede the 2016 election. Stacey Abrams has still not conceded the 2018 uh, gubernatorial election and said she was had it stolen. But nobody cares to look into this. Yes, yeah, Sandra Smith made a fool out of herself on uh, on, on Fox uh, Fox News Sunday. She was uh, she was uh, saying basically there is no proof. Well. What about surveillance, government surveillance who filmed these boxes? What about the geo pings that placed the people there? What about the people having to take a selfie to get paid? And if you are going repeated times, 
you know, I went exactly one time to a Dropbox, one time. It would never be able to be proven that that I ever was anywhere near it ever again. I did it one time to cast my vote. We actually took a picture of it just to uh, have the documentation of it. But uh, they just don't want to know. The Democrat media in particular has no appetite uh, to go after this because, of course, it would uh, delegitimize what they want to make look totally legitimate it's amazing the one that there's so many questions you're not allowed to raise them the one that there really aren't any legitimate questions because most people voted at the polls uh they they try to raise questions and for four years plus made it that it was illegitimate and russia collusion and all these lies it's just it's all part of bizarro world uh let me get the break in we'll be right back more of your phone calls right after the break uh thank you dan you'll be next as soon as we come up We got you right after that. And if you can hang in there, please hang in there. We're going to get you on right after that. A lot of calls to get to on the Hurley in the Morning program. 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open. Programming notes, Senator Vince Palestina this Friday for the full 8 o'clock hour. Then we're going to have a mandatory mental health break, 9 o'clock hour. We're going to talk music. We're going to talk memories. We're going to talk fun. uh, And it will be none of this stuff. Uh, because I think it's very important that at least once a week for an hour, we totally unplug from this. Stuff is toxic. It's not good. We can't ignore it, and and we don't, as you know, but we do need to just, let's put it on suspension for at least an hour a week, which we're going to do this Friday in the 9 o'clock hour. Back to your calls right after this. This is... Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. With great appreciation, thank you for waking up early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, 609 407 They were all completely jammed up. We have one open line right now if you want to grab it. 609-407-1450. We'll be taking your phone calls for the next 31 minutes until the Brian Kilmeade Show begins. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. Let's make it a good morning. I want to talk about beta. Let's do it, yeah, in Atlantic City. Uh, I want to talk about Beto O'Rourke, so let's hold that for a moment, but I do want to mention this EU thing. So what happens when the EU decides they're not going to get oil from uh, Putin any longer? What happens is there's now even more of a shortage of oil in Europe, yes. which makes the price go up even higher. Correct, okay. correct. Which, which further... And then it also contracts where you can get oil from because if so many places around the world including america will not do business with russia which i'm in agreement with uh we've got to find a way you know to to handle what they're doing uh but this will make the supply shorter and it will make the price greater which actually hastens this move toward green energy, which is what they want. Oh, no, look, I mean, I think you can make the case that and the president slipped or he just meant to say it either way. This is the plan. And you remember, Obama said we're going to make gas over ten dollars a gallon 
because they wanted to drive people away from the combustion engine. This is this is exploitation of a shortage for maximum philosophical, political, ideological gain. Okay, so Harry, you just led me where I wanted to go again. So when 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 Biden talked about this tremendous transition or this amazing transition. Yeah, that, tremendous was the exact word. The tremendous transition uh, after the pain is over, we're going to be stronger and it's going to be better because we will rely on uh, fossil fuels uh, much less. I mean, I mean, he didn't. There's no guessing anymore. He, he served it up. Okay, so you'll recall, and I'm going to show how the past is prologue and how they do these things intentionally to get where they need to go. So during COVID, James Clyburn said that COVID, COVID presented a tremendous opportunity to restructure things to fit our vision. And even Biden said similar things like, man, look at what is possible. Things that people weren't willing to do even two or three years ago that we're going to be able to do now. Okay, so now let's let's look at the gas. I'm wondering if the American people inadvertently were goaded into purposely driving up gas prices. Because remember, Biden told Putin that he was basically going to look the other way if there was a minor incursion into Ukraine. And then once the minor incursion happened and we didn't do anything, then it became a crisis. So now we have the crisis. And now people are demanding that Biden not take any more oil from Russia. Right. Which he he without hesitation, he folded and, and, and went hook, line and stinker right right along with it. And then had a justifiable reason. And that is the Russian aggression and their unprovoked war. Go back earlier, though, Andy. Day one, Biden killed pipelines, multiple pipelines, and did all kinds of things that became very adverse to the oil industry. So then they get on one hand, and Jen Psaki was a notorious liar for this, and so so was the president himself. They act like, oh, there's all these um, leases available. Uh, you know, uh, they're blaming the oil industry for all this. No, no. They were so adverse to the oil industry. Nobody's going to play this game with them. They're going to crush you. So they couldn't trust them. They couldn't trust their own government. So therefore, they backed off. We then went from energy independent and a net oil exporter to now begging OPEC corrupt ministers to open up spigots wider and finding other ways and now backfilling because we can't buy from Russia. And then, of course, here we are, Memorial the the Monday or Tuesday, rather, after Memorial Day weekend uh, with four and a half to four sixty a gallon for regular and in the neighborhood of five thirty one to five thirty five and beyond. If you're in Cape May and some of the other uh, vacation communities, it's even significantly higher on, on some of the state roads. It's a bit higher. And then, of course, diesel. Forget about it. What is it like? Six eighty or it's, it's out of sight. We have states in the union right now, Andy, over $8 a gallon and rising. And in some areas around the country, you go to a pump, you go to a station, they have no gas. That's reminiscent of the 1970s. When in your lifetime, anybody listening that's not a baby boomer and above, did you ever go somewhere and they were, it's like going to Kentucky Fried Chicken and they're out of chicken, which has happened, by the way. Uh, so there's my two cents, Andy. Take it from there. 
Okay, so you led me again where I wanted to go. That's why I'm here. So, so Biden kills the pipeline. He kills the pipelines. He kills the leases. Yep. Which drives up gas. Which drove up gas prices. Then he 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 basically told Putin he would look the other way if he invaded Ukraine, and he did. And so then he 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 let the American people tell him, let's not get oil from Russia because they're evil people. So we were we were actually goaded in to intentionally driving up gas prices in order to create what's happening right now in order to force us to go green. This was all intentional. Well, and and even if it's not intentional, they're exploiting the emergency. So it's probably a distinction without a difference. Because if you want anybody out there want to give them budge room that they didn't want Russia to do this. Uh, but once they did, we had to then react and we cannot do this business with them when they're doing what they're doing. But what they do along is it's, it's like a, a two two train tracks, two trains right next to each other side by side. They exploit it to the max for political gain. That's the minimum. OK. OK. So you remember when Obama said that he wanted to see gas reach an optimum of 15 per gallon. You remember his energy secretary, Stephen Chu, yeah. was asked if they were going to try to drive down get gasoline. He says, no, they, that was not, they weren't interested in driving down gasoline prices. They told you they wanted gas as high as Europe in order to push us toward this green. Right, because people would stop driving combustion engines. They, they, they also said, and this was out of his own words, we've played it a hundred times in the past decade or more. Uh, where he said, you can open up a coal plant, but we will bankrupt you. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a philosophy of governance that is completely hostile to traditional energy industry. It's dangerous. Uh, what What they have as an alternative is ridiculous. And what they also leave out of the equation, all this clean energy that they talk about is a very dirty process to get to it. Yes, it is. But they don't talk about that. Well, it's like if you clean the bottom of your hands, but and just show the bottom of your hands, you're not showing the top all soot covered or whatever. Uh, They're they're just faking everybody out that is clean energy. Some of this electrical uh, alternative energy that's being created is being created by very, very dirty energy sources. And that's you, you can't make yourself happy by saying you've gone electric when you don't explain to people how that electricity was made. It's not all clean. And the more that we are not energy independent, the more we are going to have a much dirtier product. But they seem to be okay with that. They don't want to have a pipeline bring oil here or us send it somewhere else as an energy exporter. Uh, They would, what, rather us have... Uh, tankers on ships and and things like that and and taking it from places where it's not nearly as clean as what we could do if we were doing this ourselves. We need to increase our refinery capacity. Andy, I've got to get the break in. We're on the same wavelength, of course. 44 minutes past the hour. uh, And in this order, when we come back, you will be next. I promise you, you will be after that. Thanks for holding on. We've got you and we've got you. I'm going to try to take four calls in the remaining time that we have. So hang in there, everybody that we just signaled. 
hang in. We're going to do our best to get you on. 609-407-1450, open phone line. This is. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Where are your family's old film reels, videotapes, and photos? Are they sitting in dusty shoeboxes and neglected bins at risk of completely fading away? Digitizing your aging media with Legacy Box is the safe and easy way to preserve and pass down your family's legacy. Simply send your Legacy Box kit filled with old home movies and pictures. Legacy Box does the rest, converting your moments to DVD or digital. Legacy Box has been trusted by over 1 million families and has over 10,000 five-star reviews. Be your family's hero. Unlock the memories trapped on VHS, camcorder tapes, and 8mm reels. Experience the joy and excitement of re-watching your wedding day, baby's first steps, and Christmas mornings. Feel relief knowing all those cherished moments are safe from fires and water damage. The Legacy Box Father's Day event is happening now. Go to LegacyBox.com slash now to save 50%. Legacy Box is great for your family or as a gift for dad. That's LegacyBox.com slash now for 50% off. LegacyBox.com slash now. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back. It's 49 minutes, almost 50 minutes past the hour. Let's keep taking your phone call. 609-407-1450. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. How you doing? Very well. Thank you for asking. Okay. I'll make it, I know you're stuck for time. I'll make it short. And they would say short and sweet. You are always very efficient, Peter. Time is yours. Okay. Uh, as we all know, our dear fearless leader... Uh, has proclaimed electric tanks by 2050. And let me tell you something. You figure a, a vehicle that is fifth, uh, anywhere is in the 20-ton air uh, department weight. I mean, how big is the battery going to be? How long is the charge going to be? What, our troops on the ground are going to be annihilated because our tanks ran out of charge during an important part of, of a battle, God forbid? How stupid can 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 this government be? How stupid and idiotic? Uh, very. You uh, ask a good question. I think you could easily provide the answer to. Very, very stupid. Yes. Dangerous too. <laughs> okay. Have a blessed day. You okay? too, my friend. Thank you, Peter. Six zero nine four zero seven fourteen fifty. Ladies and gentlemen, he waited his turn. You got to give him that. He insisted on waiting his turn because he knew that our guest listeners waited all morning to be able to have open forum. It's just the nature of what we had going on today uh, with uh, Kirk Conover, Chuck Malamut, and now wide open forum for this hour. Ladies and gentlemen, the president and the chief executive officer of the New Jersey Broadcasters Association and my very dear brother, Paul Rotella. Mr. President. Good morning, Harry. What a terrific Tuesday this was. Ah. Uh, we're well, you know, there's a lot of work to do, so we just, you know, just try to uh keep at it. I and you know, as somebody who listens in six minutes after six, I gotta tell you something. I never heard a radio show more eclectic, cover more interesting topics, and hold your attention each topic you could have done an hour on, each one. Wow. It was just remarkable. Thank you for that, Paul. Oh, I mean, coming from you and your position, that is that means the world to me. How are you doing? Well, 
I'm doing okay, buddy. I'm doing okay. I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. I hope. Oh, you no hope. This is this is carved in stone. We're going to be together uh, in New York for Talkers New York, 2022, uh, with uh, literally a who's who of our industry. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think I think it's the most exciting and most important gathering that we have, and it's a it's to be a privilege to be there. I've missed it very much. Yeah, I um I got to tell you something though. I want to go back to what you talked about at the opening of the show. I saw Maverick oh. on Friday night with my wife and Billy and uh, and my uh, future daughter-in-law. And I got to tell you something. It was so good. My wife said it was better than the first, right? I agree. But what I didn't realize was Billy called up his older brother and said, you got to come up here. And Billy sat through it a second time and had Aris come join him. And what Billy told me which I think you'll appreciate, is that it was better the second time. I lo- hey, Paul, I'm, I'm serious about this. I Number one, I love hearing that, what you just said. Uh, my twin brother, I don't think he'll mind me outing him. He's already seen it twice, once uh, and then once with me. Uh, I'm going back a second time. I would have watched it a second time in a row. That's how much I loved it. That's what Billy did. <laughs> well, that's what Billy did. He said, Dad, you really got the... You know, my kids love film because you really got to enjoy everything more. Because oh. the first time you're taking it all in, yeah, and you know the story, and you're waiting, and you're wondering. Now, now, Paul, please tell me you saw it on IMAX on the big screen. Oh yeah. Tom Cruise said one thing, two things: go see this movie, and see it on the biggest screen that you can find. Did he do an opening at your theater? No. Oh, at our theater, he actually did a little one-minute opening, welcoming everybody personally to the theater and saying, thank you so much for coming. We had a lot of fun making it. We made it for you, and we're glad you're seeing it the way it should be seen. Well, I'm disappointed. Uh, I'm disappointed in the movie theater that I went to uh, because that's a, that's a disgrace to not show that. I was there. I was there for every preview. That did not get played. That's a shame. Now, well, now let me let me say something. Hold on, hold on. You're talking about before the movie because I did leave during the credits. I stayed to just see if maybe something cool would happen. Sometimes, like Ferris Bueller, don't leave. You know, things can happen. You you said at the beginning of the movie, correct? It was at the very beginning, no. right before no. the uh, curtain, nope. right before the movie started. Why? I mean, we were there for every lousy commercial every every preview of all these and some of them fantastic movies like i cannot wait to see jurassic park i mean i just love some of the things that are being made right now uh the mission impossible part one and part two that they've done uh, for those who don't know tom cruise made two movies at one time sort of like back to the future two and three smart way to do it it's economical uh but i want to see that now i'll go online and see it that should be mandatory i know it was such a classy move it made you it really gave you a warmth that you haven't seen and i'll tell you i think tom cruise can be responsible for reinvigorating the film industry well i totally agree i totally agree he's a throwback he's a real hollywood star uh he makes great movies uh and he makes them from the perspective of wanting to entertain the audience that's why there's not cgi that's why he does what um Harrison Ford calls action. Some call them stunts. 
Harrison Ford, I don't know if you heard my earlier quip, but I was talking to either my brother or somebody about this. Harrison Ford was being interviewed, and the person said, and you do your own stunts. And Harrison Ford said, they're not stunts. It's action. Uh, you know what the stuntmen call the stuntmen call them gags. I mean, it's fantastic. The movie, everybody out there, if you didn't see the first one, Noah didn't see the first one yet. He has seen the second one. We're going to watch the first one together. Uh, it's just a fantastic plot. It's incredibly well done. You know, I don't give spoiler, you know, um, items, so I'm not going to talk about people that are in it or people that aren't in it. Uh, there's just a lot of great stuff that happens. For right now, Paul, let me get a couple more calls in, and we're going to be together very soon. Yep. Listen, I'll let you go. Enjoy the movie again. I will. I'm going to. everything, Harry. Yes. Thank you. I will definitely see it uh, very, very soon. I never do that. I mean, I I, I most oftentimes wait for the movies to buy digitally or when they come out on DVD. Uh, Here I made it a point to go to the theater because I saw it the way that it was intended to be seen, and I'm going back a second time to IMAX at eighteen fifty a pop. And all I would ask is, if anybody's listening from the movie house, give us the minute. Give us the, I mean, to have Tom Cruise, the producer of the movie, saying that cool thing that it sounds like he did, don't cheat us out of that. Come on. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hi, Harry. Thanks for taking my call. Pleasure. Uh, C-SPAN last week, had three call-in lines, one for the $40 billion, one against the $40 billion, and one neutral. And against the $40 billion was far and away got the most calls, uh, giving the money and escalating the war, of course, escalating gas prices and food shortages along with that. Uh, inflation is the number one concern of Americans. Ukraine is number one among 5% of Americans. I think the Republican Party would have a huge election advantage if they explain Biden's uh, lack of negotiations in the lead-up to this war, there's a growing debate in the public slowly but surely of how Trump probably would have kept us out of this war through statesmanship. Um, In the negotiations, Russia made clear four or five concerns they had. The United States had zero uh, release of any details we negotiated or we asked Russia for in the month and a half, two months with Russian troops on the border. Right. So this- by, the, by the way, let me go back to the beginning because I don't talk about these these Democrat tripe loser lying uh, cable channels and networks because they're not worth it. Let me explain the trick that they do. In the old days, C-SPAN did it and the other networks did it and the other cable channels did it. If they were going to open up phone lines like this and allow people to call in, just one number and everybody calls in that calls in. They want to make it look like, oh, my God, it's such a split decision on these things because they go one call that's for it, one call that's against it, one call that's neutral. So you get no context of who's winning. And that's on purpose. I just want to point that out to you. The whole premise of this thing, I don't the issue is important to talk about, but the whole premise of how they set it up is rigging the game that because they used to have about different candidates so it'd be like 100 calls in a row against somebody. They want to make it look like, oh, my God, it's so close. I can't believe it. They want to influence and they want to manipulate. Until we meet again, I've got to run. 609-407-1450, an open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Morning, Harry. It's Tom. Tom, good to hear you. 
Yeah, always listening. Get don't have really the opportunity to to call in much, but uh, got a rhetorical question for you. When these mass shootings happen or shootings happen at all, yes, around the country, you, you hear it twenty four seven on the uh, TV and the radio. Uh, do you ever think there will be a time when they'll start reporting uh, the children's deaths by abortion? No. No, because that doesn't fit the narrative. I will tell you, Fox News, I haven't read it through and through. I heard it talked about on uh, Red Eye Radio. I was fascinated by it. I'm going to do some homework on it today. They had an expert put together that the national media is completely distorting the number of mass shootings because they are putting things into the mass shooting uh, category that don't qualify. It's supposed to be a definition of at least four people killed, but not for some, like a family, a father, or somebody wiping out himself and his family first and then wipes himself out. That's not considered a mass shooting by definition, yet they're counting that kind of thing. And they say how rare it really is, but that the national media is trying to make it look so frequent by saying hundreds of times. Now, of course, they never, to answer your question, I'll give you a rhetorical question. Why don't they put a graphic up on the air of how many people get killed uh, every single weekend in Chicago? Well, it's because it's, it's editorial. You don't get the news, you get an editorial. Because it doesn't fit the narrative. They want a certain narrative because their goal is to change the game. They, they do not like the Second Amendment, so they want to exploit tragedy. I'm very proud of the way we've approached it. I wrote a very balanced piece on it. I've spoken very correctly about it, but I am tired of them getting away with exploiting everything for their own political advantage. Well, now and, and Biden wants to ban nine millimeters now. For <laughs> I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's just it's crazy. Know, it's so over the top. Yeah, yeah. But it's their it's their goal, though. It's their plan. So they use the tragedy in order to be able to do it. They're not really solving any problem because I promise you, Tom, anybody that wants to go anywhere, an office building, a mall, a school, anywhere, they're still going to do it, Tom. Yep. All they're going to do is take things from law-abiding citizens. Well, it's, it's you know, when an automobile accident, you know, when was the last time that somebody got a speeding ticket that they ticketed the car? Well, yeah, let's start to sue the car and, and the car is at fault. I mean, it's true. I mean, the baseball bat, if it was a baseball bat, if it's a razor blade, if it's, you know, a pipe. I mean, what are we doing here? I think it was Reagan once that talked about how they're blaming the object and they're not blaming the individual. There's a lot of things here. There's mental health that has to be dealt with. Uh, I'm I'm all for you know if there are serious red flags I know they're they're making a caricature out of the term red flag but if there's a serious red flag that somebody has mental illness uh, we should we can button this thing down a bit and still not impinge on the uh, the Second Amendment but the way that they're doing it uh, they want to come after everybody. Well, it's it's just you can't be mentally stable if you think it's a good idea to shoot an innocent person. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, some will tell you that are experts that that does not necessarily make you uh, clinically insane. Uh, and they go into some gobbledygook that I'm not qualified to even regurgitate. But I'm, I, I think for normal people like us, 
yeah, somebody that has the ability to do that, to walk in somewhere and kill people like that. Yeah. I mean, look, this guy, his nickname in his school. I don't know if you know this, Tom. It's not getting a lot of reporting. His nickname was School Shooter. Did you know that? No, I did not. See what I mean? And you're one of the most informed people I know. His nickname in his own school was School Shooter. You are where he shot his own grandmother in the face, right? Yeah. Yes, I so, was. So if you're capable of shooting your own grandmother who took care of you, and I'm not going to get into their family circumstance, but he wasn't living with his mother. He was living with his grandmother. And that happens millions of times probably in this country. But uh, he shot the woman that took him in. If you can shoot, and he advertised 30 minutes in advance, I'm going to shoot my grandmother in the face. And then he then he wrote, I shot my grandmother in the face. Now I'm going to go shoot kids. I mean, so come on. What are, what are we talking about legal handguns being banned from legal gun owners? And let's deal with the real problem. There's a thing with uh, right now, this 18-year-old young man uh, in uh, Uvalde. You've got the 18-year-old young man in Buffalo. There's something going on here right now. But don't, don't, don't. I mean, if, if, if a defensive player goes off sides, you, you don't penalize the team from the uh, another game that that's going to start at four o'clock and the one o'clock team went off off sides you're going to go penalize the four o'clock game that's what they're doing